Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, this is Gus. It's uh, May 6th, 2015. Just uh, getting started. It's 8 p.m. I'm switching over to 9 o'clock next week. And uh, got a lot more daylight, and I could have gotten a lot done outside. So I'm going to switch over to nine next week. I just told Aquila this morning. She texted me again and said, "What time's your call? What time's your call?" Because she does this like almost every week. And uh, so I told her it's always at eight o'clock, <laughs> except for next week. <laughs> I'm going to be switching over. I'm also going to be getting a, whole, a new phone, hopefully. Uh, I've noticed on the recordings that my voice does not sound anywhere near uh, the kind of quality that it should have on the recordings. Carl's voice sounds exactly the same. sounds great. Uh, same as it does when you're in person, face-to-face with him. And I've checked with people, and, and the, the uh, I don't know if it's my phone or the network that I'm on, but it, it doesn't sound right. So uh, we'll see if I can get that changed tomorrow. I was hoping to get it done before tonight. So I don't have any plans for tonight. I had typed up something for Word Nerds and that was, uh, about four hours ago to put on there asking questions about what people wanted to talk about, and I forgot to post it, so it just vanished. Uh, so if you guys got something you want to talk about, speak up. The floor is open. Meanwhile, I'm going to finish making my coffee. I've been making my coffee lately with uh, with uh, goat's milk, dried goat's milk, and unfiltered honey. And the goat's milk, I just put it straight in a scoop of powder, and it doesn't uh, melt down very easily. So you got to squish it up against the coffee cup and keep stirring, but it tastes really good. See Mark's on the phone. That's cool. Hey, hey, what's up, Gus? I just put my ear, earphone in. I called in earlier and uh, had it on mute, and nobody was talking, so I pulled it out of my, my ear so I could hear it work. And then I just put it back in, and you talked about it. What's going on? Not much. Not much at all. Just uh, hanging out. And, uh, had a great call Saturday with Kyle talking about uh, that IRS stuff he was talking about. That was awesome. Oh, when he went off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, man, that's it. That's the stuff right there. That's what I've been waiting to hear. <laughs> so it was a year and a half later. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know what it is, is. I was listening to call number two today, episode two, and which I heard last week, and I was listening to it again today. And last, you know, I'm working on the car outside, so I, I, I kind of walk away, come back, and walk away, come back. So, uh, but I'm, I'm still hearing things that that I heard last week, and the first couple of times I heard episode two, but it sounds different. And 
kind of neat. Like last week, listening to episode one, I realized that's the first time Jesse was on the phone. I, I, I had no idea that was her first time on the call. So, uh, so you know, stuff that you notice as your view of things expands and gets broader, you, you notice some things. So it, it's pretty cool. There's a uh, there's a bunch of you guys on the computer. If you guys have any questions, just uh, throw them up there. Uh, sounds like Mark's at work, uh, slinging pie. Gus, do you ever wonder about uh, going deep into moving against the like the charter, which Carl won't talk about? Going deep, moving against what? The charter, like you know, threatening their charter. Well, I mean, that's not a big deal. It's, it's you know, they don't exist to cause harm to man. If they cause harm to man, you know, they have to go. That's why Tylenol pulled all their stuff off the shelves when uh, somebody had messed with their product. Yeah, that's uh, if they cause harm to man, man has the right to put them, you know, put them down. No different than an animal that uh, you know that goes around hurting kids. You know, you get a a dog running around uh, biting people, you put them down. That's no different with a corporation. A corporation only exists to benefit man. There's uh, that's you know that that's you know, you're pulling their charter. All you're doing is going to the Secretary of State's office and you know uh, you're bringing in uh, like if you file a suit against well yeah I guess there is stuff he doesn't talk about <laughs> yeah I won't talk about it either but uh, there's. Uh, there's there's a very specific way of doing that, and it, you know, but first you have to move your own claim, and uh, that's you know something that uh, you should be listening to Carl's audios for to learn how to move a claim. And I, I know a lot of people are frustrated. You know, Carl doesn't tell us this. Carl doesn't tell us that. And I remember a year ago I was on the phone. Uh, it was uh, it was on a Thursday night. Carl was sitting in my chair. And he was—he had just gotten done with Angela's call when he was pretending to be uh, some, you know, some Southern hillbilly down there. Uh, he had put on that accent because Angela had blocked him. And he was talking on that call. And afterwards, uh, I think it was Doug that had a call. And these guys are all talking about how Carl, you know, won't tell us this. He won't tell us that. And uh, and I remember getting on that call saying, look, there's 40 guys on the board, and you guys, you know, I mean, between the 40 of you, you'd think there's, there's somebody who's going to do something and then report back to the group, and somebody else is going to do something or make a phone call or talk to a clerk. or I mean, you guys got to get out there and do stuff. You can't just expect Carl to, you know, give you everything, you know, all the details of everything he's ever experienced in his life in some kind of chronological order so you can have the A to Z way to apply whatever it is that Carl does. And, you know, the other thing is if Carl says do A, B, C, D, and then you go do it, not knowing how to carry it, not knowing, you know, what the heck you're doing, you're going to create a train wreck. And as the world is collapsing around you, you're going to point to Carl and say, he's the one who told me to do this. You know, I listen to him, and guess who they're going to go after? You know? <laughs> yeah, and so you know, he can't he can't afford to just say, do it like this and do this and do this and do that. He, he's got to make sure that, first of all, he, he's not putting you in dishonor, uh, you know, helping, helping somebody who's, who you know, just doesn't uh, qualify for that kind of help. 
uh, and is he, you know, is he able to judge that? Of course he is, and so am I. You know, there's certain people I wouldn't help. Uh, if you're not a, you know, if you're not an honor, if you're not looking to do the right thing by society, uh, you know, in general, then you shouldn't. You just, I mean, I remember there was a guy on my call uh, a couple of months ago. I said, you know, it sounds to me like you're just get, trying to get a free car. And he says, yeah. And I was like, well, dude, <laughs> I'm not going to help you get a free car. You know, he, he didn't want to learn about honor and how to do the right thing. He just wanted a free car. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of great information out there on how to do stuff and, and void, uh, you know, stuff out. And there's, there's just a lot of things that can be done. Void orders, yes, Diane, I see that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that can be done, but there's, you know, we got to stay in honor. We're, you know, we're not doing this stuff to uh, help people get free shit. You know, that, that's not cool. So, you know, Carl's not going to put out stuff, and neither neither am I, to the best of my knowledge. It's going to just uh, be an A, B, C, except for letter writing. You know, there's a very specific uh, idea behind letter writing that I believe, you know, this is just uh, what I formulated on letter writing and the purpose of it. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard Carl really talk about letter writing as uh, as a subject. He You know, he talks about... You know, write a letter that says this, write a letter that says that. But as far as, like, the grand scheme of things and breaking it down, I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about it. Of course, I haven't been through all the talks yet. I, I focus on the first ones all the time, and uh, eventually I'll get through them. But, uh, you know, the letter writing is, is about staying in honor, and it's about uh, making sure that you have evidence of your good faith effort to resolve an issue, to settle a matter before it comes to a head. And uh, on call number two, again, today I was listening to that, and Carl was saying that, uh, you know, they can't move a a civil court until you're ready to move. And if you can show that you've, you've attempted to settle things privately and that you need more time, they have to give it to you. So if you're writing letters and you're attempting to settle things, then uh, that's a great thing to do, but your letters have to be extremely simple, right to the point, and you should not have multiple questions because uh, nobody wants to answer a bunch of stray questions. And, and uh, you know, the random you know feels like an attack when somebody asks you ten random questions. So you write a letter regarding the most important thing, which is, are you the man or woman that I should be talking to to settle this matter? Because why would you be writing to somebody who's got no authority to settle something? So get that out of the way, and uh, and then you can move on to the next thing. But these letters are, are to show good faith effort to resolve an issue. And the simpler they are, the more usable they're going to be later should you end up before a jury. If there's a if there's a jury trial on some kind of contract breach, whether it be a traffic case or something else, you know, you've got letters that show that you made a good faith effort to resolve or, or settle a matter. And that's going to go a long way with a jury, especially if the jury can look at a letter and understand what you wrote. You know, there's uh, a man uh, that's been writing some stuff this week, and 
you know, he's been putting it on Skype because I do a lot of that stuff on Skype. People send me, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And when I have a minute, you know, I especially people that I've been working with for a while, uh, you know, I go ahead and just tune up their, their letters. And uh, most of the time, people write stuff in their letters, and I have no idea what they're talking about. And if I don't have any idea what they're talking about, the jury if that time ever comes, is not going to know what they're talking about because it's not expressed in the letter. So when you're when you're asking a question or you're making a statement, this is, you know, for instance, uh, in the letter, uh, this man said, I, you know, thus I, I made a mistake. Well, what was the mistake you made? You didn't exp- explain that. And so, uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that, you know, uh, Kelly in, in uh, Minnesota has been writing letters and, She's been sending sending them to me, and we've been going back and forth. She uh, she's learning real quick, and uh, it's kind of neat that uh, you know that some people learn differently than others. Uh, but you know, it's a lot of fun to do that kind of letter stuff, and and it's I think it's very effective to resolve a, an issue to get to the bottom line. You know, look, I'm trying to settle this matter. I'm trying to remain in honor. This is what I you know I'm willing to pay a debt, and you know if that's what you're claiming. And you know, please send me a you know a verifiable bill signed, uh, which you believe is true, due, and owing, and I'll be happy to pay the debt. You know, because you're you're trying to stay in honor, you're trying to pay things, but you got to make sure that they're not sending you you know some other guy's bill. You got to make sure that it's uh, it's your bill. Am I the same Bob Smith that owes this debt? I don't know. You know, show me what you got. Make sure the address is right. You spelled my name right. You got my middle name correct. You know, there's uh. You know, if, if they're if they're sending you somebody else's debt, then obviously you've got no obligation to pay that. So it's all about remaining in honor and trying to settle things before before they come to a head. So my uh, my girlfriend's uh, my girlfriend went to court a year ago, and uh, she was paying ten dollars a month towards a credit card debt, and they wanted more. They wanted a hundred something a month, and she told them, "I'm, I'm not sending you a hundred whatever it was a month, you know, tens all I can do. I can't do anymore. It'll cause me harm to send you more. Uh, yeah, I've got no problem paying the debt, staying in honor, but that's all I can send you. And uh, so the, the guy in charge of the law firm, the, the owner of the law firm was the guy who took her to court the second time looking to get more money. And the uh, man in black confirmed that, uh, you know, she's been paying the 10 bucks and, uh, you know, her circumstances dictate that's all you're going to get, and that's it. And so uh, she just got a letter in the mail last week. They're taking her back to court, looking for more money. She's still paying ten bucks a month, and you know they're going to be they're going to be very uh, disappointed with the results because the government or the the, the not the government the uh, the corporations, which are an extension of government, don't exist to cause harm to man. And uh, even worse is this is probably I haven't looked into it, but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a third party debt collector. So you know the the debt that they're trying to collect they probably bought for ten cents on the dollar or pennies on the dollar. You know if it let, let's you know let's say they get it for a penny on the dollar as a thousand dollar debt. Would they get it for ten bucks? You know so uh, the only thing that they can claim is is what it cost them. 
and I'm not sure, you know, with the contract. I mean, there's no contract there. So uh, that was on call number two. Kyle did a lot of talking about debt on call number two. Uh, it's a great place to start if you're dealing with that kind of issue. So there's a... Uh, Gus, this past Saturday, Carl was great. Why did he remove the show from talk show? There's a section he told me he wants me to remove. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it off and put and post it back up there. So I just haven't gotten to it yet, uh, but it, it'll be up. Did he save the talk show? Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't know if he saved it. Uh, it it's still on talk show. It's just blocked. I went in and I downloaded it. Because I wanted to hear some some, uh, some particular things, so I'm going to verify uh, what what he wants done with that and chop it up and, and just put it back up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go back and listen to the first. Uh, I like to listen to the first twenty. I, I've listened to them twice, and now like uh, I I listened to call one and two last week and, and uh, listen to two again this week. Yeah, the health info was uh, awesome. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Uh, Trey had a lot of great stuff to to talk about. Yeah, a lot of uh, I've been looking into that stuff too. The the turpentine therapy and there's some really neat stuff I'd never imagined was out there. What was his email? Trey Trey's email. Hold on, I bet you I still got it. Let's see. Oh, there it is. T R A I at Comcast dot net. And I forgot what his website is. All right, there it is. It's posted on the chat. You can get it at TalkShoe. Uh, the chat grabber. And uh, all the information that Trey was talking about last week, last Saturday, I put on chat grabber. I, uh, I mean, I put into the text. So as he was talking, I was getting all that information, all the links, and I was putting it up on, uh, on the chat board. So if you read my, you know, my posts throughout the, uh, the conversation, you'll see most of the links. If you don't, uh, well, actually, you don't have access to the recording right now anyway, but you can still go through the chat grabber and get all the links. It's removed from chat grabber because the show was removed? Oh, I didn't know that. That's a bummer. I should have, because uh, I was putting those notes for me. <laughs> Okay, well that's uh that's cool. I'll have to check up on that. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what causes that to happen. Like uh, if you've got somebody posting all sorts of nastiness on the uh, on the call, if uh, if I block somebody who's just posting ridiculous stuff, will that you know that one guy uh, you know guest 83 or whatever will that guy uh, be blocked from chat grabber as well? I've I've done it a few times and gone back. Uh, plan, planning to go back and, and never did. I never went back to find out if it had been blocked. All right, enough of this stuff. You guys get some questions? 
we're 20 minutes in. There's uh, his site is our health handy or oh, our health hand yours health hand. Hold on, let me put my glasses on. That don't sound right. Our health and yours. Gotcha. Dot com. Thanks, Cheyenne. Hey, you guys all set? It's going to be a quick call, man. I don't mind hanging out. Seriously. Hello? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. This is uh, Tadpole, or Stephen, depending on how you know me. Hey, Stephen. Um, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. The situation I've got going last week, I sent a letter to the uh, district attorney because I, I was pretty sure that's who's moving the speeding ticket in the municipal court. And uh, I was I was going to follow up with the second letter, making sure she got my first letter. But if uh, I, w- I was thinking first, am I wrong going to her first, or should I go to the court first and see if they've got anything on it? It's like a, it's many years old, the ticket. Well, I, I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I mean, start from the beginning. Uh, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of you guys. You know, I, I don't think I've worked with you a whole lot, but there's. You know, I mean, there's people that I, you know, I communicate with almost every week. And and I can't rem- I can't even remember their details because uh, I oh, guys yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's not my life, and so uh, you know, just don't be, don't don't take it personal if you're talking to me yeah. on Skype and uh, and I don't remember what the heck you're doing, especially if four or five days goes by. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with. You know, I've got chickens over here. I've got cars I'm working on. I've got <laughs> the people I'm meeting with. You know, construction going on on the house. There's there's stuff going on. I I just don't have. Yeah, I was just saying that it's an old speeding ticket, and uh, it's the city who does the speeding tickets, and right, the well, district attorney is the person who wrote the city tickets, right? So, uh, you said your name was Stephen? Yeah. Okay, so when? how old is the speeding ticket? The speeding ticket happened in uh, 2010 or 11, I believe. Wow. Still haven't been to court? No, I I put it off the first time uh, because I told him, I went up to the court and was like, hey, I didn't make my last court date because I had car issues. And they're like, okay. So the the court clerk just uh, handed me a post-it note saying, come back in three months on this date. And uh, I didn't have a reliable transportation still, so I never showed up for that one. Plus, I was starting starting to learn a little bit, and I didn't feel comfortable walking into the courts. So that's where the ticket's been sitting. For and, three uh, years? Been sitting for three years? <laughs> where do you live? I live uh, in Plano. Like, it's, it's a city like 15 miles north of the of the municipality that the ticket's in. Okay, but which, what, uh, which state's that on? That's Texas. Texas? Wow, that's amazing! Holy cow, three years! Like those places—they won't give you forty-five days. That's, uh, well, that's there's no cool. warrant. There's no warrant or, or anything. The only issue is that they've uh, suspended the driver's license, and yeah. uh, 
so, uh, you know, that license being suspended interferes with my right to contract, so I'm trying to dig into this issue now. Okay, so uh, you want to you write to them and let them know that you wish to uh, revive the issue and settle it? or Yeah, that's, that's, it was two sentences I sent Miss Suzanne Hawk, the woman who sometimes acts as district attorney for Dallas County in Texas. Okay, but before, and, uh, you, before you continue, uh, you said you got a ticket and you still hadn't been to court for it, and I thought it was still an ongoing case. Uh, if they pulled your license because of that, it's not an ongoing case. It's a case that they settled without you. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. But so I, what, I never went when, for it. <laughs> what, when was this? Well, typically what happens when you don't show up, they just find you in default. They find you guilty. They send you a, a, you know, a bill for 75 bucks or whatever the, the amount was. And then um, if you don't pay it, they pull your license until you show up and pay the bill. Yeah, they never showed me. A, they never sent me a bill. They may have attempted to send me a bill, but uh, it's been so long since I corrected my address with the state that at the time they probably had a bad address. All right. So what? Uh, what do you want to? What's the end result that you're looking for now? Um, I'm I'm looking to get the charge dismissed, or at very least work out a payment plan. So that's what I I just sent the district attorney. You know, can you direct me to the man or woman who can help me settle this matter? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, at, at this point, it, it's probably not with the district attorney. It's probably with uh, the commissioner of safety or the Department of Transportation or some somebody else. Uh, you, you might want to just write a letter to the Secretary of State's office okay. and say, hey, hey, Bob, I've got an ongoing issue uh you know, regarding, do you have do you have any paperwork at all that you can attach to show what the issue's about? Uh, well, the only thing that I was able to find is uh, you know, a web page that said that that I was directed to that that listed the uh, the pending tickets. So okay. I got the docket number. I got the docket number off that, and uh, so that's what I wrote to the, the DA. Okay, but who's administrating that website? Who's who's got? I mean, do they tell you if yeah. they're listing your ticket? They must be saying who you need to pay to. to yeah, it's definitely the Department of Public Safety. But the the challenge I had there is the Department of Public Safety is is uh, is ran by a board of members. So each each board member has a different like title per se. <laughs> All they want is to get paid, probably. You know, if you owe twenty bucks, go pay the twenty bucks, and they'll give you your license back. Oh no! They, they say I owe like six hundred bucks now. It's a standard insurance registration, uh, you know, can't or suspended license that stuff. So you already know what they want from you. Yeah, I know what they want from me, but I want them to tell me what they want from me without, because I don't want to put the lawyer pants on and guess what they want, you know. So I thought, I thought the DA was the person to go to because I couldn't find a a direct head of the Department of Public Safety. But you're saying that's the Secretary of State. And honestly, I had thought about the Secretary of State first. And I was like, nah, it's a, you know, district attorney handles it, doesn't it, don't they? <laughs> well, you can write to the Secretary of State's office and make reference to what it is you're writing to him about, especially if you can print something from the Internet that shows, you know, specifically what you're talking about, and uh, write to him and say, hey, Bob, I'm, you know, I'm, or her, or whatever, uh, yeah. 
you know, my name's Stephen. I'm writing to you as the man who uh, sometimes acts as Secretary of State to uh, to help me uh, to help me resolve, uh, you know, settle this issue. Uh, I've attached, uh, I've enclosed, uh, you know, the, the the stuff I'm looking to settle uh, herein, but. Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, this is beyond uh, my ability to settle at this time, and it's causing me harm. And I require to know who I should be speaking with to, to you know, resolve this. And, you know, so just, just to, it, forgive me. It takes me about an hour for my brain to get back into gear after I've been okay. outside all day. But you know, basically, you're just writing a nice letter to to a nice guy who does a you know a job and asking them. You know, I've got a I've got an issue which is causing me harm, and I need to know who 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 has the authority to settle this, and uh, and relieve me from from the harm that this is causing me. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what the first letter I put together uh, said, but I didn't send it because I thought I'll take it to the uh the person who might be responsible for it. But if I don't get a response from her, then I'll take it to the Secretary of State. And be like, Suzanne didn't. It was like, hey, Carlos, Suzanne never got back to me on this. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the, there's nothing stopping you from writing to three or four different people at the same time. Yeah, uh, you got okay. You That's not a bad idea then, huh? No, you don't know who's going to answer you. Some people ignore you. Some people write back to you right away. Uh, yeah, it, it depends on. Yeah, if you write to, uh, I mean, I. I would think that they would all answer you, but uh, you know, if you wrote, to, if you sent them a, a computer-generated letter, then they're going to probably treat that the same way you do when you get a computer-generated letter. <laughs> so no, I, do uh, all, I do all handwritten because uh, I've been trying to learn this stuff over the past like uh, almost a year now, listening to Carl and Bill Gordon and stuff. So I, I really want to take it to heart and do all this the right way. But one of the things that uh, Mike has brought up from time to time is, you know, you don't want to tip your hand to them either. So well, I, I try. You don't, you don't want to tip your hand to them when you're talking about an ongoing live case, you know, where where you were smuggling, uh, you know, Smurfs across the border. <laughs> you know, you, you know, if if you were doing something that you believed was wrong, you know the. Those Smurfs, you know, those blue things, those blue and white little things, that, or which are cabbage patch dolls. You know, if you if you're doing something that you believe is is not right, and and they catch you doing it, then uh, you know you don't want to tip your hand. But you know, basically everything you do is illegal anyway. You know, you use too much toilet paper, you're you're illegal. You know, your toilet flushes too many too much water, that's illegal. You know. Uh, so you're you're always going to be tipping your hand when you're right to them. So uh, you know, yeah, if you've got an ongoing case, yeah, you want to you want to just write some basic stuff and uh, get some information. But at the point you're at, this thing's already you know you, you're looking at a debt that you can't afford to pay, and you know it's causing you harm. So ask them, you know. There's a debt for six hundred bucks. I mean, will you, will you settle on twenty? Yeah, that's all I got. Right well, just ask. I mean, what harm's it going to do? Yeah, yeah. Just, of course. You know, I, I, know, I totally yeah. get get that aspect, but I just, you know, you made a good point. Whereas, you know, it's a debt issue, and to them, it's already settled. So, you know, 
Oh, yeah. You know, punch him in the face with the words, you know. It's bringing me harm, you know. I require this to be settled, so I'm I'm no longer harmed. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not going to be moved by your letter, you know, like, like, oh, my God, this is causing this man harm. You know, it's a traffic ticket. They know what that is. You know, it doesn't matter how how nasty you make it sound. They still know it's a traffic ticket. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, they, they just don't make it any more than it really is. You know, the, it, it's uh, you've got a debt, uh, and you know the, the best way to to get past it is just to write a letter and get that debt resolved as if it was any other debt, whether it was a credit card debt or a car loan or you know a mortgage. Yeah. You've got a debt, and you need to you need to settle up and move on with your life. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sell up, but I, I was also thinking in the back of my mind if I can get, after I come up with the payment plan and get and come back into honor on it, maybe I could find out if they did something wrong after the fact. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you can you can say, hey, you know, all I got is 20 bucks to resolve this. Uh, oh, yeah. You accept I know, I just need for practice, you know, for practice. I need, I want, I wanted to see if I can get a hold of all the paperwork. Because would you believe it, for the first time, I saw what actual paperwork the city puts forward you know but last week i just finally saw it for the first time i was like oh my god this is you know what they put in they call it all different names but whenever you read the meat of the paper it's pretty much common stuff he's like i believe on information provided to me by a police officer that you know, oh, they rightfully yeah. owe this day i mean it's total crap <laughs> and then, so oh, no, i'm trying to get a hold of it it's a it's a complaint you know the other thing you can do is you can write to the court you know, you you can write to the court and uh, and let the judge know. Let the you know the man in black, whoever it is, you you can put a notice into the court that there was an inadvertent error made, that uh, no man came forward to claim harm, injury, or loss, and that you require this thing vacated, you know, or discharged, yeah. or you know, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people call yeah. that a void judgment. I don't even know what judge was on it because, really, I mean, whenever you go to the website, they just no, give you, you the court. You're not looking for a specific judge. You're not looking for a specific yeah. judge. You're looking, to put notice, you're looking to put notice into the case that there was an error made. So you would write to the clerk regarding you know, an error and and uh, require the, the clerk to place the notice within the case, and you would seek a uh, a determination from the man in black regarding that information. You know, hey, nobody came forward to say that I was operating under any kind of license or that I even yeah. had a license or whatever. Uh, or, hey, you know, I missed uh You didn't even show up, so you're in default. So you could say, you know, you, you can give them notice, hey, I couldn't make it to court that day. You guys went on without me, but I'm ready now. Uh, let's do this. You know, and, and then, you know, they'll schedule a hearing because... You're 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 available now. Hmm. Okay, I could probably do that by calling them too, or walking down there. I don't know. I just thought because oh, uh, no, you know, no, no. Mike, don't, don't call them. Don't call them. No. You, you can find all the information you're looking for online. It's all it's all available. Who the clerk is, you know, dear Bob, I'm writing, I'm writing to you as the clerk, as the uh, court clerk. Uh, I'm sorry, the clerk of the court to uh, let you know that I was unable to make it to these hearings and uh, I would 
Okay. I greatly appreciate you filing my notice into the court. Thank you for your time. Give me a call if, or yeah. reach me at this email if you have any questions or something like that. And uh, and just let them know that, you know, you, you basically all the clerk's going to do is put the paperwork into the case. Okay, and then you got to talk to the judge once it's in there. Well, you know, you don't talk to the judge. You you, you write a notice and you notify the man who is acting as judge that there was an, you know that you were not available and that there was a determination made that um, you know so either either discharge the case altogether and uh, you know clear this mess out of my life or schedule a hearing if you want to see my face and hear it straight from me yeah that sounds faster well i mean well, I, well, I was because you know, listening to Mike on Monday nights, he talks about a lot letter writing and and settling it on the private side and stuff. So I was like, who is the man or woman? But I kind of like the idea of just going to the court clerk and you know addressing their case instead of trying yeah, to address well, a man yeah, or woman. Yeah, because the court clerk's not going to give you a hard time. You, you know, the court clerk is not uh, going to put you in yeah. jail. They, you know, they don't have authority to do nasty things to you like the judge does. You just yeah. got, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with just uh, giving notice to the court and letting them know that you weren't available on that day, and uh, you know they went on without you, which is you know typically what they do anyway. So they went on without you, and, and it causes it, it now causes you harm, and you wish to have a hearing. Yeah, that's that's much better. So it would be a notice to the court uh, via the clerk, and then a notice to the judge that. I require your action. No, no, it's a notice. It's a notice to man. Okay, a, a notice is a notice that's given to mankind. Okay, all notices are notices. Okay, they're public. Uh, they're public it's the notice. same thing that I give to both of them, right? You, well, no, you you <laughs> you got to get into the letter writing groups there. That Mike's got. Oh yeah, I'm on. in the letter writing. I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm just yeah, saying. Well, you, is it one notice that I cc to both of them? No, you, you you write a notice, you send it to the clerk who's in charge of, of managing the file, the case. Okay, yeah, there's then, a case with your name in it over there, okay. uh, with all your all the particulars of your case. So you're going to write to the court clerk and say, uh, you, you know, hey, you know, uh, look in the envelope here, and you're going to find a notice. Uh, you know, whatever you call your notice, notice. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever it is, whatever you, whatever name you give yeah, your whatever. notice. Yeah. Uh, you know, please find my notice and uh, and file it in, into the case. That's it. You don't write to the man act the man in black. He doesn't need to know squat. Yeah, because the clerk is going to tell him what what to do. Well, the clerk is going to put the notice into the case and let the man in black know that his attention is required on this matter and the man in black's gonna look at it and make a determination as to what to do next and that's it. Okay. Okay, okay, that's 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 that corrects the way I was thinking. I thought I had to notice the clerk and then ask the judge to move on it. But I guess if you notice the clerk then it's their responsibility to move on it, huh? Well you're not you you you're giving a notice to the world, okay? Like a yeah. judicial notice. A judicial notice is a notice given to given to the man in block acting or well, it's a notice to the judge. Okay, it's not a notice to the man in block, uh, because uh you're giving it to the person of the judge. Okay, in that case. That's a judicial notice. When you give a regular notice, you're giving a notice to the world. 
And if you you can do that on your church bulletin board, you can you can do it on a telephone pole. You're giving notice to the world. You know, sometimes you only want to give notice to your neighborhood. Like, you know, like, hey, I I lost my cat. You know, this is what the cat looks like. Yeah, I, I see. Well, I, yeah, I get the notice part. I'm just what I what I'm still a little not understanding completely is I put the notice into the court, and I guess somewhere within the notice it says I require this be dropped or I require a, a hearing on this. And so that right there is the is the is the thing that spurs them to move. Yeah. Because what if I put the notice in and nothing happens, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to understand why they have to make something happen so that I have a good solid foundation, you know. Hey, I'm I'm a man who's being harmed by this case. I I, I wasn't able to make it last time. Now that I'm, you know, now that I'm available, um, I require a hearing. Yeah. And then, and then if know, I don't hear I, anything, if I don't hear anything in seven days, I mean, no, you, don't, I understand, you, don't say, you don't say if I don't hear anything in seven days. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm asking you what what I do if I don't hear anything in seven days. Well, then you write to them again and say, um, well, seven days is, you know, short. That, that's kind of okay. short. You got to give them a chance. The 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 clerk is going to put your notice into the case file, and okay. then uh, depending on on how much paperwork moves through that court, the judge may get to it. Um, the, the man acting as judge, man in black, might get to it within a day or two. It, he he might oh. take a week to get to it. You know, he might oh, only okay. come by you know once a week. It depends okay, on so if he's a full time. Oh. I was just trying to get some clarity. So whenever the court receives a new notice and puts it into the case file, that case has changed and it goes on the to-do list for the judge. Like, we got a new notice in this case file. you got to check it out now. Is that how it happens in, in their system? That's pretty much how it goes. If you want to uh, know whether or not they got it, send them a self-addressed stamped envelope and let them know that you, re- that, uh, you wish to have a time-stamped copy returned to you after it's been filed. So they're going to stand okay. there, they're going to file it, and then they're going to send you a copy of the of the, of the paper with the timestamp on it, and that's how you know when it was put in. Okay. And, awesome, uh, awesome. Yeah. Good answers, man. Now, whenever you, whenever you put something into any court case, okay, common law or you know, any other kind of court, uh, I believe the rules are all the same. You have to uh, tell everybody what you're doing. So yeah. if there's, you know, if the court case includes Marianne and Bob and Frank, and they live in three different states, you have to make sure you send everybody a copy of everything at all times. Yeah. So in this case, you've got a prosecutor, you've got a DA, you've got somebody. Yeah. So when you put something into that case, you got to make sure. It's not the clerk's job to, to to make sure everybody knows everything. It's you know everybody has to be responsible for their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I would ask the clerk to give me all the information that uh, they have on the case, so I can send it. Okay. See, I was thinking that I would have to go through the other side to get all the information first, but I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense if the stuff's already at a court. If you know who the prosecutor is, you can just say. Uh, well, I'm not positive. Well, you, you don't need to know the man or the woman. You can just send it to their office. 
you know, somebody over there is going to take it and, and, and give it to whoever it belongs to. But uh, okay. when you put something into a court, you know, hey, Bob, uh, you know, please find and close for, for filing into this case number, blah, 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 my my notice, you know, that there's 10 carrots in my garden or whatever you call your notice, and I've sent it, you know, uh, and then they require some kind of a certification that you've sent it to the other parties. So then you add yeah. another line. I, I verify that I have sent on this day, uh, May 12, or whatever day you send it out, uh, I, I sent a copy of my notice of 12 carats to the prosecutor's office at this address. And so the clerk knows that you've taken care of that obligation that you have to let all the parties know. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Because whenever you're going to the other side, when you're asking the DA for the information, they can just put you off and put you off. But if you go to the court for the information, well, you know, that's, I guess, more, more honorable. You know who the uh, prosecutor is? It, it, it was the, you know, it was the, uh, it, it should be right in the case file. I mean, you can go to the court and That's ask what I'm saying. I've never seen anything in the case file, you know. Well, they, I've never Go ask the clerk. Ask the clerk some questions. You guys, got, you know, you got to go get over this fear of talking to the clerk. Just go over there and ask them all sorts of questions. And if they oh, tell yeah. you, know, we can't give you legal advice, tell them, listen, I'm not looking for legal advice. I'm looking for information. Just plain old information. Yeah. For me, it's not a fear. It's just that Dallas over here, where the city's at, you got to sit on your butt for like four hours before you can start talking to the clerk. And, Why? you know, I live... I live up north of it, so I was hoping to do it all letter writing, and I, I hope to do all of my lawful matters in the future. Well, you've waited four letter. years. I mean, you've <laughs> waited four years already. It's not going to hurt to just send a letter. Yep, yep, that's what I'm working on now. I mean, it's not really hurting me either. The job I got, they don't, I mean, they're not checking if the license is suspended, so, you know, and I don't do anything wrong, so it's not really hurting me yet. But, uh, you know, it is restricting me because other people require that you have that license in order to contract with them. <laughs> well, whenever you write letters, make sure you write letters to the man or the woman who oh, yeah. is acting in a particular position. You don't write, uh, you know, you, you don't write to the attorney or the prosecutor or whatever. You write to the man. You write to the woman. You yeah. do it by hand. You know, yep, dear Bob, I'm writing to you as the uh, as the chief nutcracker for the uh, leftover shell company, or, you know, or the shell remnants company, and you know, to to find out about this or that. You know, but write to the man or the woman who's acting as clerk to to get information. Yeah, or if you're writing I love the to the bank, part of it. Yeah, if you're yeah, writing I, to the I addressed bank. it. I was like, "Dear Susan, can you please direct me to the matter woman who can help me settle this matter finally?" And it was no, you know, no, no, you know, dear, you know, dear Susan. Now I, a man, write to you, the woman I believe is currently acting, or sometimes acts as, you know, the whatever, whatever position they're in, you know, the, okay, the CFO a... of the bank or whatever. There's an opposing point there, though, because Carl has said uh, that in some of the early letters that they send out, 
they'll say, hey, howdy, Susie, you know, can I get this cleared up? You know, I'll spell my letters backwards. I'll misspell this and that. I think, personally, that if you say, you know, I am man and writing you, a woman, doesn't that kind of, you know, tip your hand and let them know you're coming in that fashion? No, it lets them know that they're not dealing with a corporation. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I handwrite my letters for that. No, that's fine. I'm just saying, would you disagree with the fact of just saying, hey, Susie, how you doing? Can I clear this up? You can you can definitely do that, and if you don't get any yeah. results, you know. Then you punch him in the nose. You don't punch him in the nose. You know, <laughs> it, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, hey Bob, I'm a man. I live over here in in such and such a county, like the Secretary of State. You know, hey Bob, I'm, I'm a man. I, I, you know, this is where I'm at. You know, I live in a blue house. You know, whatever you want to tell him about yourself. But I write to you as the man who's acting as Secretary of State to let you know that I require some information. I require to know this or that I wish to know or it depends on the tone of the letter that you want to put out. Uh, But, you know, there's nothing wrong with writing man to man. Yeah. I mean, in most cases, there's nothing wrong. But, you know, uh, what... Is it reasonable to assume that they may try to cover their ass if you come at them as a man in the first letter? Because it it has been said that they alter shit, you know. you got to get over this thing that they're trying to hide something. They ain't trying to hide anything. They have no shame at all. They they don't believe they're doing anything wrong. So, you know, get over this thing that, you know, they're trying to hide things and they're going to try to skirt the issue. They're not. They're just doing their job. You know, they get paid to show up every day, just like I do when I go hang drywall. You know, I, I go in, I do my job. My boss tells me what to do, and, and somebody comes along and says, hey, don't sheetrock that wall yet. I don't have the electrical outlets yet. And I say, look, you don't pay me. My, my boss pays me. You know, I'll give you 10 minutes to go talk to my boss, and if he comes over here and tells me not to sheetrock that wall, then I won't. But, you know, otherwise, I'm going to cover, I'm just going, I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I'm told. He's the one signing my check. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, it, it's what you got to do, because when you're hanging drywall, everybody tells you don't hang the drywall. We forgot to put the thermostat wire. We forgot to do this. We forgot to do that. Yeah, you know, it's one thing after another. You'll, you'll never get any work done. Hmm. So, you know, but nobody's doing it because, you know, the electrician, the data guy, you know, nobody's doing it to ruin your day. They're just doing it because they're on the job. They get paid and their boss said, do this first, do this next, and they haven't gotten to that thing yet that, that you need them to do so that you can do your work. But they're not doing it on purpose. Nobody's out to get you. Yeah, I mean, I understand that too. But well, it's a good point. They're they're not out to cover their tracks. You know, I'm always thinking that, you know, the government's always, uh, you know, here we go with the they, but they are always looking out for each other. You know, they are always uh, trying to if you, cover each if other. If you attack... If you attack them, they will. Yeah, they yeah, and that's right. So that's why I, that's why I've been so cautious with the first letter writing, and you know what is the appropriate language? Because although was it you just they just said you know if you ask them ten random questions, it kind of seems like an attack. Well, you know the the part of, of uh, hey Bob, I'm writing to you to find out this information. That's fine. 
Yeah, yeah. most of the letters that uh, the people send me um, is letters that they want me to check out um, regarding, like they're they're writing to the the CFO of, <laughs> of a corporation. You know, they're you know, and they're going, they're already going head to head. They've already got default judgments. They've already got uh, not default judgments, uh, judgments against their property. You know, so they're, yeah. they're already. Uh, in a in a pretty serious head to head conflict. So the letter you're talking about writing is more along the lines of the letter you'd write your next door neighbor about his, about you know letting his dog crap on your your lawn or your you know he keeps spraying the bushes and you have to replace them every summer. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, each case is different and each case is the same. Well, you want to be nice and. You, you want to use language that a jury would look at and think, um, you know, this seems like a nice guy, you know, a polite man uh, who's not trying to get away with anything. He's just trying to solve, resolve something. If they if they look at your letters and they uh, the people in your community, if they look at the letters and think, you know, what kind of bizarre weird stuff is this man writing, then, uh, you know, that that's where you draw the line. That's where you peel it back and, and give it yeah. a second thought, you know, should I write this or not? But the people in your community are different than the people in my community, so you got to write stuff according to what, uh, you know, people in your area would think. Yeah, it all ends with the jury. That's one of the, that's one of the best things I learned when I started looking into it all, how much power the the jury really has, you know. Well, the jury but, reference, you know, the jury is your judge. That's a yeah. They are society. Judge. Each one is one twelfth of what is supposed to be the different people of society. Okay. And that makes a that makes a lot of sense because we are the people that the the all the law and rules come from. And you know, I like how Carl. Uh, it makes the analogy of Frankenstein's monster. You know, anytime you make a corporation an entity, you know, like this government thing that was made, it kind of runs amok, and it's up to us to still control it. You know, and you know, some people believe in the just be left alone and stuff, but I think it's I think it's all intertwined. If we all try to be just left alone, and we all take care of our own affairs, and we all tell them to tell them quote-unquote, to, you know, just back off a little bit, let me take care of this. If all of us do it, then, they, you know, their demand decreases, and so they, they start supplying less. How many how many audios have you listened to, Steve? Um, I'm on number 81 now. I listen to them all day, every day. I got a job, but I can listen to it for six hours a day, so I, I listen to every single five-hour call up to number 80. And That's then right. I, I that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, because uh, I, I mean, if you if you if do I have a little bit of time to show share a little bit of background about what? Just a little bit of background in general, like uh, you know, why this is important to me. Uh, well, I don't do see anybody time. with their hand up. If uh, if you want to talk, put uh, hit star eight. Put your hand up. Otherwise, uh, would you know? We're just going to keep on going. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Why, why is this okay. important? Well, uh, 
I, I grew up up till the age of 13 in a very sheltered environment and was taken care of with my family. And then both my parents died on me at the same time, so I was kind of thrust out into the world before they taught me anything. And so going through the rambunctious teenage years and a new environment because I moved, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out a whole lot of stuff at once. And uh, when when 9-11 happened and, you know, the buildings came down and something, I started to really, really think about, it, you know, like how could that have happened in our beautiful, wonderful system that we have? You know, there's got to be a flaw somewhere. How could it have happened? So yeah, I was I... like, I was very close to getting sucked in to the disinformation, the fear-mongery, the war-mongery, all that stuff. There, you know, there, there's a whole sect of people trying to turn us against each other, you know, turn the people against the government, turn the government against the people, all that kind of stuff. So the more and more I, I was looking into it, I finally stumbled across what they called the common law. And I was like, what? The common law? You know, and they said, yeah, the common law, it's still there in the courts, but you got to do this and this and this, you know, constitution this, UCC that to get it back. And I'm like, wait a second, that don't seem right. You know, if there's something called the common law and it rules these courts, well, I need to figure out what that is. So I started learning about courts and all that stuff and heard of Bill Thornton. He's the one who really opened my eyes. So I, I did, I consumed Bill Thornton stuff for about two or three months Then found Carl Miller. He takes the uh, inside of the Constitution perspective. And I, I was like, no, that's not for me. And Carl Lentz came along, and ever since then, I've been trying to get down pack these hardcore principles of the whole of court and, and law and how it works. And you know, I haven't been posting my letters very much to other people, my drafts and stuff, because I kind of want to get these principles down and try stuff on my own and make my own words and my own ideas of it. And, you know, probably report back later if I have any success, but. Well, one of, the things you, one of the things you're going to want to do is you're going to want to uh, research the words that you're using. Yeah. When you, when you write a letter, you better know every word that's in that letter. You know, there, there's words that I still use uh, that I know I shouldn't use. You know, I have I have looked them up. I've been trying to get them out of my vocabulary for a long time. Uh, but I hear you using words that uh, I I I imagine you haven't had a chance to look up yet. And you, you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to look up every word that's in the you know whatever you write. Yeah, and you know, my like speech is a little tougher to get it all out. Yeah. You know, whenever you're talking. Well, you're going to want to look up the difference between mistake and error, okay, between lawful and legal. I mean, there's you have to know uh, the definitions of the words you're using and, and what do they compare to, you know, what are they sim similar to. And uh, in research, all the words that, that, are, that are similar, you know, the synonyms. Uh, you, can, you can write a letter, you know, just get your thoughts on paper, and then... Uh, do a do a synonym search for each word, and then uh, go ahead and look up the definitions at Etymology Online for each one of those synonyms. You'll have yeah. a much much better idea of what you're writing and what your letter is going to mean, but you know, to somebody who knows how to read. Yeah, yeah, and I totally appreciate that aspect of uh, that aspect of keep it simple, stupid. Because the less words you use, the less words you can trip yourself up on, and if you use precise, accurate words instead of lazy, ambiguous words, 
then, you know, you, your point goes a lot further across. And I'm even trying to correct that in my day-to-day language. Yeah, try to avoid adjectives and adverbs. Always, yeah, always, um, always uh, write in the present tense. I mean, there's, there's, there, there are exceptions, but, you know, basically you want to write in the present tense. Yeah. All these kind of nuances that help you out when, you know, it sucks the past two generations weren't really taught any of the uh, the good stuff of that, or at least in my culture. Down here in Texas and in suburbia-esque areas, you know, it's like it's like the old values aren't even even mentioned anymore. You watch a a fantasy movie, and that's the closest thing you can get to them talking about what real honor or you know what real responsibility is and stuff like that. But I yeah. think this self responsibility is the key the key issue to this whole thing because government feeds off reliance, and if people oh, can figure say out. That again? I said the government feeds on reliance. Like when people rely on the government, it grows stronger. Okay, I I have no. Do you have any proof of that? Because I have no proof of that whatsoever. I I hear these things. I hear people make these uh, these blanket statements about the government and about government actors and about people who work for the government. And you know, the more I learn, the more I realize somebody's feeding somebody. You know something, and, and, and it's okay, not yeah. this is, nothing to back it up. This is all. This is only from my own uh, my own perception of the reality around me. I see uh, in my youth, I saw welfare welfare was it welfare recipients who uh, you know active actively made children just for the reason that they would get paid more for it. And I saw uh, you know I hang out with food stamp recipients who. You know that you know they actually would quit their jobs so they could keep uh, getting food stamps. And okay. as yeah. I grew up, this whole ideal of depending on someone else, I think that's really uh, the ideal that I attach to government. How you know they're there to take care of the people who don't want to take care of themselves. And uh, well, they they are there to provide a, a benefit to man to secure rights to yeah, protect exactly. property. And if you show up and you say, I'm a man that requires uh, your assistance, Mr. Government, then uh, they'll be happy to oblige because, you know, that's yeah. what they exist for, is to, is to, you know, secure rights and protect property. So, yeah, exactly. Now, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people who take advantage. Like, uh, I know a guy who uh, who weighs a lot, weighs, you know, he weighs way too much. He's got, uh, you know, all sorts of health problems because of his weight, and he's trying to gain more weight so that, uh, so, you know, so, because the, the more weight he gains, the more disabled he is, and the more benefits he yeah. gets. So, yeah, you know, I mean, people are gonna, people are willing to kill themselves over, you know, receiving this stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a it's a sickness of a victim mentality. You know, everybody has been taught they're the victim. Everything happens to them. You know, they're not responsible for the actions in their life because everything is happening to them. And I think the nanny state, you know, this monster that Frankenstein has morphed into, you know, the nanny state, you know, it, it supports that ideal. It says you can rely on us. You know, you, you know, we'll yeah, take care of Yeah, but it's people like you, it's people like you that, 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 you know, that can get out there and uh, and teach them differently. 
you know, teach the common exactly. man that, Damn it, exactly. you know, that, that there's a better way to resolve issues. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a better way. I think it's a necessary way. I think it is the way, you know, because, uh, I don't know, mankind didn't get to where we are today by letting someone else take responsibility for us, you know. And the lawyers get paid so much these days because people don't know how to take responsible for their own law, for the law of their reality, of their world. Yep. So that's why this whole thing moves me so much, and it's really changed my mind into a self-reliant perspective. Because cool. all the problems, you know, most mostly all the problems come down to it was your own fault, you know. If you're eating poisoned food from the supermarkets, it's because you don't know where to get your real food. If you're taking drugs because of your sickness, it's because you didn't take care of yourself initially. You know, if you're receiving money on welfare, it's because you didn't go out there and make something happen, you know. So yeah. all, all, kind, all kinds, you know, what Carl says, you do know it's your fault, right? And it's like, you know, hell yes, but not just individually. Every single one of us, it's our own fault. And every single one of us, like singularly, has to turn that around for themselves. If I make well, sense. <laughs> the, the the easiest way to make the changes uh, happen is to accept responsibility for the fact that uh, that the change needs to be made. And you know, in a relationship, whether it be with your neighborhood or with the town or you know, whatever relationship you're talking about, you know, uh, with a spouse or whatever, it's always it's always easier to just accept responsibility and make the changes yourself. Yeah. Because uh, I can change me. I can't make somebody else change, but I can change me. You know, so if I just assume uh, responsibility for whatever is going on and I make the changes, you know, that's it. I don't have to have a discussion with anybody about it. But exactly. you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes, uh, you know, you can't fix yourself enough uh, you know, if it's just not you, it's not you. You know, you, if there's no fixing something that, that, you know, if there's no problem, there's no way you're going to fix it. But then, yeah, you know, it's control over it. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, it's definitely the place to start, though. You know, look in the mirror and, and accept uh, responsibility for whatever's going on. And uh, sometimes it's just the fact that you're still in the relationship. You know, you know sometimes yeah. it's just time to move on. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that when it comes to more official relationships. But, you know, your relationship with your fellow man on the planet, because I understand you can't change them, but if you change yourself and lead by example, it does change the others. And to me, that kind of, if you're leading by example and someone decides to follow your example, I, I kind of believe that it gives you some responsibility over them because they're taking a piece of you, your ideals, your values, everything, and assimilating it to them. You know, it's kind of like just changing somebody's mind. You know, once you change somebody's mind, uh, and, and don't you have a responsibility to them as part of as part of your group? Or, I mean, I don't know what the point I'm trying to get at. I'm just talking now philosophically. Yeah, well, we're all in it together. I, I understand where you're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, exactly. we're, you know, karma, you know, karma, if you treat your, your neighbor properly, uh, good things are going to happen to you. Yeah, I, I understand all that. And we, it all, it all has to start someplace. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it might, and it might as well start with me. Yeah. Because if a good man does nothing, evil wins and that's all it takes, you know? Yeah. 
if you just well, do there's, nothing. There's, Steve, there's uh, there's a lot of philosophy going on here, and I'm really <laughs> I, I want to move bro. on. <laughs> I'll, I'll mute out. I just uh, I love to uh, connect with other people who are wise in these ways, and I, I, I need to voice my opinion because if you put it out there, a lot of times it comes back, and who knows who's listening? Who somebody listening may have never thought of the ideal that way before. Yeah, you know, you're on. We can only on, we can only talk about it until we change everyone. Are you on Skype? Uh, yes, sir. I'm Stephen Donaldson on Skype for you, uh, and then Tadpole for people who aren't connected with me already. But yeah, I'm All just right. gonna mute out and keep listening in. And I like to jump in every once in a while if I think I can help with an ideal. But I'm I'm not shy of getting cut short to be corrected. <laughs> okay. Well, if uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of Stephen. Uh, just get a hold of me, and I'll send you his contact information. All right. Have a good show, Gus. I'll be listening. All right. Take care, Stephen. Hey, Aquila. How are you? I'm good. Guess what? What? I'm doing a show at 9 o'clock next week. I know I told you 8 o'clock every week, but... Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that after I talked to you this morning, and I thought, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go nine o'clock, uh, especially tonight after uh, after I realized, you know, the the sun's going to be up much later, uh, so I'm going to switch over to nine o'clock from now on, nine nine p.m. Eastern. That's better. Does that work better for you? I think. Well, any time really for me because I make. I I I'll just say I have control of my time for right now. Yeah, well, as the sun stays <laughs> up later and later, I spend more and more time outside. So. Oh, uh, all right. And I imagine other people do the same. And then you get the people on the west coast. You know, for them it's better that we start later anyway, because uh, yeah, it, it's only you know, if I'm starting at eight o'clock, it's only five p.m. in California. Oh. So that's wow. pretty early for them. Yeah, they're probably getting there from work. Probably six, seven is better. But yeah. we're not going to start at ten. So, anyways, how's things going so far? It's good. It's good. I uh, I've got some some stuff I'm working on and just uh, just enjoying life, you know. Yeah, and you know what we talked about earlier today, you know about calling the court. But as I said, I'd rather go there because the more I go. And I learn different things, and people see my face often, especially the clerks. And they tend to help me, you know, if I ask a question or, yeah, you know, um, want to know something. There you go. So, and that's why I like to go. Then yeah. it gives you an opportunity if some if you need to know who you spoke to or who told you what. You can actually verify it and point that woman or man out. You know, call them out basically. Yep. Yeah, it helps. It definitely helps. And uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're not too far away, it's you know, certainly preferable to go face to face. Some people live far away. I mean, there's. Yeah, you know, if you're sometimes you're you know, you're at one side of the county and they're at the other side of the county and the county's a, an hour and a half across and you just got a couple of simple questions, you know, 
there's nothing wrong with just making a phone call. True enough, but um, but it's always good to go when you get that chance. As well, that's what I think. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, I I wish to go and I will and see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, like I noticed they're not cutting the grass anymore and maintaining it anymore, so that might be a good sign. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep you informed as well. All right. Yeah, I, I look forward to finding out how you make out. Right, and it can help so many other men and women out there. So, I'm, you know, I'm keeping, like I said, a diary sort of... Um, how much money I spent and the time I put in to all that. All right. And I'll have an announcement as well. If we, you know, we listen to these Mike, Paul, Gus, and whomever else you listen to that's doing come along, it's good to donate what you can, you know, but that at least donate because yeah. everybody's trying to help one another. And, you know, right now I'm not asking any monies from anyone because I'm learning myself. But um, when I refer to call or Gus, I tell, you know, most of the people I invite on the show to donate. So that's what I tell them. So anyway, that's my two cents. I might chime in later. We'll see. All right. All righty. Nice hearing from you. All right, floor's open. You got a question, comment, come on in. Put your hand up, uh, star eight, if for some reason you can't unmute yourself. Uh, but you, you should, uh, uh, to mute and unmute, hit star six. I got a question. I don't know if I'm muted or not. You're not muted. Oh, okay. Um I'm calling from Indiana, and um, I, w- I actually listened to you guys live for the first time last Saturday. Um, I've been studying their statutes and codes and all that kind of stuff. I'm not as up to speed, obviously, as you guys uh, when it comes to the you know the man-woman thing. Um, and I've been dealing with a uh, an issue with a foreclosure and a legal foreclosure and all. That. I'm not even going to get into that today, but I I was just I, I wanted to kind of ask. Just I guess it's a simple question. I I had gotten a ticket and uh, my plates were suspended and I actually since then have taken care of it, but I wanted to just try to kind of handle this before court and just see what the outcome would be. So I had actually written the police department while I typed it. (laughs) So after listening to you guys, I probably messed it up already, but um, I, I didn't address it to a man. I, I, on the envelope, I addressed it to the chief of police and to the officer who gave me the ticket. But the letter itself is addressed to the local uh, police department representative. And, um, you know, I gave him the, uh, the uh, you know, 10 days to answer and or it's a you know, permanent estoppel, all that. And I referenced to the ticket. However, I typed in, uh, everything is typed. And I wrote in there, I, Joe, and the man was given a ticket while traveling from point A you know, to point B. And basically what I said to them was that I recognized that what they gave me was a bill of exchange and I would gladly pay it um, as soon as they produced the original bill and uh, also the uh, proof of contract that I'm under 
um, that obligates me to perform. And um, there was some more to it. I'm, I'm making it real basic here. But um, I had given them 10 days. I waited the 10 days. And then I sent them a second letter, you know, informing them again that, hey, I'm trying to settle, settle matters in the private so we don't waste the court's time. And um, basically after that, gave them, you know, five days. And then they didn't respond. And I, and I know I'm kind of kind of using, I guess, what some people know is like the common law. Usually it's three things and then a default. But I, I was just doing this just to see if just like a common sense approach would kind of work. Because what I basically did was is asking them, who's bringing the claim? And, you know, I'll gladly pay it. You know, like I say, I'm, I'll gladly pay this bill if you guys show me the true bill and the contract and all that. But now I'm wondering if, any of this is even going to work because I didn't print it out or I didn't type it out or uh, I'm sorry, I didn't print it out myself and address a man. So am I kind of yeah, just... <laughs> so, so when, when did this, uh, you know, just back up and focus on this one issue. You, you had some kind of a ticket. When was that ticket and what was it for? Um, that was on, that was on uh, April 2nd and that was for uh, my license plates being expired. They were expired for like five days. Okay, and uh, what's the uh, so what what do you want to do with this? What, what is it you're trying to do with it? Well, I'm just trying to get them to basically throw it out. And and when you actually look at the ticket, I live in Sheridanville, Indiana, and the cops don't even sign the tickets here. They actually have them. They have a printer in their vehicle, and they print it out, and it prints the officer's name, so nobody signs anything. And sure. um, it basically said that uh, um, I had it in front of me. I do actually. It, I, I it basically know, it says failure to answer. Yeah, it just says failure to answer the complainer summons. Obviously, then you could lose your license. So my, you know, tactic was okay. Well, I'm going to answer the complaint. Okay. And that's pretty much what I had, I had done. I basically said, you know, send them, hey, your officer gave me this. Ticket. I mean, I can read it to you if you want. I don't know if you want me to read well, it exactly. Well, but Before you keep going, who did you write to? Well, that's the issue. <laughs> um, on the Now, the envelope that I, that I handed to the police department, and I also had them sign something, you know, showing that I delivered it, but it's addressed to the chief of police, because I figured address it to the person running the show and to the officer. So I addressed it to the, the chief of police, by by his name, and I addressed it to the officer's name. But but then in the letter itself, which was typed, um, I at the top I addressed it Cherville Police Department representative. Okay. And what were you trying? You wrote to these two guys. And what were you asking them in this letter? What were you telling them? What were you? Yeah, what was the letter? Um, I told it's real short. The first one's real short. Basically, I I said I drove the man who was given the ticket while traveling from point A to point B using my personal property. I prefer to settle matters before court as to not waste the court's time, as I'm sure you would agree. The ticket your road agent handed to me is demanding I pay money or go to court. However, the ticket lacks your agent's signature or a total amount due, making this ticket null and void on its face. I recognize your agent may have acted in error, so in good faith I bring this letter to your attention to resolve this issue. I recognize this ticket, in quotations, your agent gave me as a bill of exchange, and I will gladly pay the total as soon as you send me the original bill with a total amount due with the road agent's wedding signature on it and a state or county contract with my signature compelling me to perform without payment for my services. 
If your agent and department is demanding to come to court without such a contract in place, it would be, in fact, a form of slavery, and the issuing of a fraudulent bill of exchange by your agent with no contract to perform in place would be trespassing on my natural rights. My, excuse me, my natural rights, a felony, not a simple statute or code violation. I will issue payment as soon as I receive the required documents listed above from your department. If you feel I am in error or would like me to perform, and then I put in parentheses, be present in court. My fee schedule has been accepted by the state of Indiana in 2014, filed the Lake County Sheriff's Department CEO. I won't say the sheriff's name. And I'll gladly perform at the rate of $1,200 per hour. Uh, and at the bottom, I put I am attempting to settle, settle matters in the private, so discussion is being made in good faith. I will await your reply. However, no re- reply is given by the Sheriff of Police Department within 10 days on receipt of this letter. This matter is hereby forever settled. Acceptance of this letter is acceptance of the notice to agent, notice of principal legal doctrine. And I waited 10 days. And then I have basically a similar one. Uh, you know, the next one I gave them five days, and it, it didn't repeat the same thing, but it was along the same line. Hey, you guys didn't answer up, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're dishonoring, uh, you know, my attempts at uh, discussion. So what, what makes um, your letter different from the, from the ones that they get from the other hundreds of people that are sending them this stuff? Yeah, okay, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> well, where where did you get this information that you put together that you wrote down? Because you, you you addressed like fifteen different things in that letter. You know the the you know if you want to take one at a time. For instance, it's it's a all it is is an information. So it's not an information under oath. It's just an information. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not like somebody's swearing a claim against you that you did something wrong. It's just an information. So his signature is necessary. Uh, you know, the, the man's going to show up. The man acting as uh, officer, cop, you know, policeman, whatever, peace officer, whatever capacity he was in, uh, he's going he's to eventually show up if necessary and testify. Uh, so, but there's, you know, every part of your letter, I can, I can, uh, your correspondence, I can go through and identify why, uh, you know, how they they might view that. But what is it that you, um, where did you get that style of writing for, I mean, it sounds a lot like Rod Cross stuff. That actually, that just came out of my head just from the things that I learned, but yeah, so you've been listening yeah, to Yeah, I mean, that just came from me. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like a combination of different stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the uh, a lot of the statutory stuff and, and uh, administrative law. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know where you got your beliefs and what the, the basis is, but you're, you've obviously done a lot of studying and you've learned a lot of uh pretty cool stuff. So now it's just a matter of reducing all of it to the uh, for for instance uh if you put a uh, if you have a water uh hose that you're like washing your car with, if you don't focus the water in a beam of water you know one single stream and just spray it everywhere, it's gonna have no effect. And your letter is that way. And so what you okay. what you got to do is you got to focus in with precision on the one or two things that matter. And so what do you believe those one or two things are that really make the difference? Mm-hmm. What do you what do okay. you think 
Because you cover, you know, 15, 20 different things. So what do you believe is that is the thing that you need to focus on if you analyze your, your letter? Well, I, you know, I look back, and that, that's, you know, I look at it now, and, you know, when I was making it, it sounds all good. But, yeah, I know that I'm mixing things, and that's that's part of the problem. Um, yeah, I, I think I I look back on it now, and I didn't even need to put any. I, I did. I do have a fee schedule file with the sheriff that I had done, but I none of that even needs to really go in there. Um, I I just looking at it now. I think my best probably my best option would have been just actually addressing the officer himself. I would think. Well, the officer's just giving an information. He's saying. You know, I saw a UFO land on this guy's car on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. Yeah, you know, he's just giving out some information. He's not mm-hmm. accusing you of doing anything wrong. He's he's saying, you know, he's in, he's he's uh, he's just making a statement. You know, contrary to statute one two three, uh, where it says that uh, you know aliens are not allowed to land on on the hood of a car. Uh, Bob did allow these guys to land on his hood and therefore violated the statute. You know, so he, he's just saying, you know, he's just giving information to whoever's going to be looking at it. You know, he's not saying you did something wrong. He's saying, he's basically saying that you breached the contract because mm-hmm. flying saucers are not allowed in uh, New Jersey or wherever you happen to be. Right, and, and, and my my whole intention was, and like I say, I could have ended this easy because I was going to get my missions and get it done anyway, and it's already done. I just wanted to see if I could take care of this without going to the hearing. That's why I figured if I try to settle this in the private, at least if I show up, I have to show up, you know, if they're going to threaten me and I show up, my thinking was, well, I can at least show that, hey, I got a hold of the, you know, the department, the, the cop, you know, and I tried to settle this. Uh, in the private, and they wouldn't even discuss it with me. So that my you're, whole... giving them, you're giving them a fee schedule, and you're you're not looking. Mm-hmm. First of all, the, the, when you write a letter, you have to. The very first thing in your letter is to verify that you're writing to the proper man or woman that does have authority to settle the issue. Because if you're writing to somebody else, it's a waste of time. So your first letter is, "Hey, Bob." Uh, I'm writing to you as you know the the, the whatever the the man who acts as you know in this capacity regarding uh, this issue, and uh, I, I wish to know if you have the uh, the authority to settle this matter, and if not, can you please forward me the information to the man or woman that does have this authority? You know, I look forward to hearing from you. Kind regards. Thank you. Goodbye. And if they don't answer you, you write back to them five or six days later. Hey, Bob, I wrote to you last week uh, regarding uh, this particular issue. I've attached a copy of the letter I wrote to you and look forward to hearing from you soon because I haven't heard from you yet. You know, and you send them a copy of the first letter. You don't have to repeat anything. Uh, okay, so, and so none of that, none of the, the, the legal doctrine crap then, right? No, you you, you want to. I mean, you you got an issue and you want to settle the issue. You know, if, you, if you're writing, if the building inspector comes over and says, uh, you know, you, you you can't put a chicken coop that close to your house, then you know you write to the to the building inspector and you say, hey Bob, I'm writing to you as the man who is operating in the office of building inspector to find out uh, if you have authority to resolve this or should I write to somebody else? And he's going to say. Yeah, I can't help you out. All I do is enforce. You're going to have to write to the uh, the code uh, 
you know, the, the code people, the people in town that decide how many chickens you can have or whatever. You know, so, so he'll tell you if he has authority to handle it or not, but until you get that squared away, you're wasting your time writing the rest of the letter. Okay, so I so what you're saying, so I should have addressed the cop himself and then left it basically for him to tell me. His, you know, okay. if, if, you wrote, if you wrote to the cop and you said, uh, Dear Frank, I'm writing to you as the officer, as the man who was acting as officer on the day, on, on, on the 2nd of April, who did hand me this ticket attached here and you know, enclosed here in a copy of which is enclosed here in, to find out, uh, are you the man that has authority to help me settle this matter, or is there somebody else I should talk to? And he's going to say, no, talk to Barbara, the uh, the prosecutor. Yeah, you know, I'm just providing the information. But if your letter is real simple, you can you can definitely expect an answer. If your letter is long and has 20 or 30 different points, I mean, they get that kind of stuff all the time. Okay. okay. But it's just a matter of you know getting to the right man or woman. And usually you can call up the uh, you. I mean, if you're on the side of the road and uh, and the man's talking to you, you know, and handing you a ticket, you can ask them. You can say, hey, you know, hey, Bob, who who do I talk to about this? Who, you know, who do I uh, resolve this? Who's going to be prosecuting this? You can ask it, you know, in a number of different ways. But uh, and then once you find that man or woman, uh, you, you write to that man or woman and start addressing the issue. In, in your case, yeah. you said it was mm-hmm. it was a uh, an emissions. Uh, your car did not pass emissions. Right, and I was unable to get the the tag. Do, do you guys have a tag for safety and then another tag for emissions? Are they two separate things? Well, well, they you pay for your registration and then you have to go through emissions and they give you a little tag to put that that covers the year on the plate itself. Okay. So, like last year, I had one that said, you know, 15. Now this one says 16. But I, I didn't pass my emissions, and I had to go. So I was, I ended up getting the plates are valid. They were valid. I got them valid like uh, two weeks after they were technically invalid. But I had gotten yeah, the ticket in between then. Every 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 state's different. Which one? Which state are you on? I'm in Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Uh, in, you know, if uh, if you're car is registered in New Hampshire, they do a safety inspection, and they also do a an emissions inspection, so they're two separate things. If you pass your safety inspection, you know, your brakes are working and your lights and directionals, you know, that kind of stuff, all the safety stuff, uh, but you don't pass emissions, they'll give you a, a clear sticker, and then... Uh, Later on, you've got 60 days to fix whatever the emissions problem is. Uh, on the other hand, if you register your car in, I think it's uh, Wisconsin, you get plates that are assigned to your car forever. You never have to register again, and there is no emissions or inspections of any sort whatsoever. So every state's different. Yeah. Now, that's what I heard. I don't have any proof of that. That's what I've heard about. I think it was Wisconsin. Uh, so there's people who put a car in a trust and register the trust, you know, in in uh, some other state, like Wisconsin, wherever this place is. And and, and there's more than one. You, you know, Utah, Nevada. They're, they're, every place is different. So I, I was just curious because it's something. Uh, I've got a friend who's a state rep, and uh, he was the the chairman of the transportation committee. So this is the kind of stuff we 
you know, hang out and talk about. So uh, I was just curious what you guys had over there. Uh, so uh, you got pulled over. You didn't have this, this little tag, and six days later you did. So what are they charging you with, and what's, uh, what are they looking for to resolve it? Uh, they they gave me one one warning and the other one was a ticket and an operating vehicle with uh, expired plates. Oh, and, your plates expire if you don't get the tag. If you don't get the correct. Speaker? Correct. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. And so you know, and I told him I said you know I just had to pass emissions all about it. They know they don't care. But I, you know he gave me the ticket and um, it's it didn't require my he didn't even ask for my signature on it and it's. Uh, <laughs> Fine, it's just an information. So, uh, right. So you but, he, were, he, but he says you got to show up for court or pay the fine. But there's no fine. There's there's no fine on here. And so okay. I read the whole ticket, and at the bottom I read where they have some of the statutes. They, it says failure to answer this complaint or summons and information or summons, a failure to appear, may subject to arrest or license suspension. You know, and obviously I was gonna, you know, try to take care of this your, private. Your your answer, you know, failure to answer will result in blah, blah, blah. Now, if, if uh, the proper answer can only be given to the man on the moon and you give it to somebody else, then you know, the man on the moon is not going to be happy. So you, know, you have to give a proper answer to the proper man or woman uh, who's acting in a, in a particular capacity. In this case, I, would, I, you know, I believe it would be the court that you need to answer the court uh, because they pass everything on to the court, and the court then wants to know, uh, you know, are you going to plead guilty? Are you going to plead not guilty? Do you uh, require more time to settle the matter? Uh, you know, so when when is the court appearance? When are you supposed to show up? The 12th of this month. The 12th of May, all right. So <clears throat> it would probably be a really good idea to get a hold of the clerk of the court and uh, and, and ask the clerk... Yeah, and you can do this over the phone. Say, so, hey, I, I've got this uh, ticket, and I need more time to uh, to resolve this matter privately. Could you please reschedule this for sometime in July, and let me know what my options are, and who I should talk to, and who has authority to resolve this, and who I should be write, writing to. And the clerk can probably help you out with everything you're looking for. Okay. Okay. And now, just in case, well, now I'm just I'm still wondering. This is a town court too, by the way. Um, I don't know if that makes any difference or not. But now, what if they refuse? Uh, I don't. You know, I I can't speak for other states, but I can tell you what I've asked a lot of questions uh, in the uh, not in the town court here, but I've asked a lot of questions in the county, um, and they don't like to tell anybody anything. Well, and it's gotten just... so bad that I've actually pulled up the Indiana laws the public access laws because I intend on bringing them with me next time I go down there with questions because a lot of times they just won't answer anything and they keep saying, we don't give legal advice. You know, and I tell them, I'm not asking for legal advice. I'm asking for information. You know, it's nothing legal, you know, that they don't care. They're just, they're like zombies. They're like, oh, no, it's legal advice. I can't help you, you know. Yeah, you, 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 this is, this, there's nothing complicated here. You, if you call the clerk and uh, of the court and, and say, uh, you know, I've got a ticket. I, I I need to know who to talk to to resolve this, uh, and I need more time to to, to resolve it privately. Uh, could you please give me that information? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, Ed uh, went to New Jersey. 
uh, last week, and he got a ticket, and he was asking me about this exact same thing today. And I told him the same thing. I said, look, just call the quick and tell them you need more time and you need to know who to talk to, and they'll give you the name of the prosecutor, the address, the phone number. They'll give you, you know, because that's their job. Their job is to give you the information you need to move on and, and settle this. And, you know, who do I send the check to? Who do I write to? Who, you know, who do I contact? Uh, just ask him that same information. And, and he got on the phone, and 40 minutes later he came back uh, and, and told me that uh, – they rescheduled it because he was supposed to be there next week. They only gave him like 10 days to show up in court. And uh, they rescheduled it, I think he said the first week of July. Uh, and they're going to send paperwork as to uh, to plead guilty or not guilty. And so he's, you know, he's got the address. He's got the, I believe he got the prosecutor's information. So he's going to, uh, you know, write some form of a, of a notice to the prosecutor, I'm sure, uh, letting them know that, uh, you know, he's looking for some kind of information, whatever he's going to write to. But he, he's already covered all that ground in one, one phone call. But, um, you know, my, my thing is, aren't they just going to tell him, well, you can either pay or go to court. Those are your options. Okay. Well, I mean, if that's what happens, get a hold of me. I'm on Skype. Uh, are you on Skype? No, I'm not. Not yet. All right. Skype is where we all hang out. There's uh, I've got a group called Word Nerds, and we discuss, well, way more than we used to. Uh, I, by the way, public notice here, let's reduce the chatter on Word Nerds back to punctuation and grammar and letter writing and things of that nature. There's uh, been a little bit more chat than, than I like to see. Uh, Column in Law is Mike's uh, group that he moderates. And that group is more for chatter and for a lot of you know, a lot of the same stuff we do in Word Nerds. And then Mike has a uh, letter writing group, an IRS. I, I think it's, he's got an IRS group. And Mark uh, has a uh, property room, you know, property tax, and uh, real estate kind of uh, stuff. So there's these different rooms that you can get into, be added to, where they have different discussions going on. And uh, there's groups where there's people from England that are in, you know, and, and they talk about their stuff because they're dealing with English common law, which is, you know, different from what we've got here. But, you know, you can watch their discussions and, uh, you know, you can learn stuff. You can get some really good ideas. And then there's people in different time zones like Australia, well, England is. But uh, there's, I don't know uh, who's in the uh, Australia group. I know they they started putting one together recently. Uh, once they found out, you know, once they realized there was a, a bunch of people from Australia. But, you know, my Skype information is on my website, redressfordummies.org. Yeah, you know I've actually got it on tab right now, your your site. All right, if you go to TalkShoe, uh, it says TalkShoe Archives or TalkShoe something at the top there. And mm-hmm. let me take a look at it. It says TalkShoe something, and when you get there, uh, talks you and archives, yeah. So you click on that and scroll down. It'll say number one, uncommon law by Carl. His call ID is one two seven four six nine. And then you scroll down some more to call number two, which is Mike's, which is on Monday nights at seven p.m. Eastern. And his Skype information is there, calm in law. And his call ID one three three eight zero two is there. So you can get a hold of Mike. You can get a hold of myself. Uh, I'm number three, the the third one down. Call uh, 
Common Law Word Nerds, that's this call, 134084, and my Skype information, Gus.Rut. So you can get a hold of us on Skype and get uh, get yourself added to these rooms. And, you know, if you've got ideas, it's a really good place to air out those ideas. And there's usually somebody online 24 hours a day. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely get into that. Yeah, it's a great way to... Yeah, it's a great way to meet people, but it's also a great way to, to uh, get other people's opinions. And one thing to watch out for is, you know, you got to realize there's a lot of new people there. The reason people hang out there is because they're looking for stuff they don't know. So if they offer advice, you have to realize that, you know, they might not know more than you do. It might be about right. the same. Okay. So, you know, beware of that. But uh, for the most part, you know, if you're thinking about doing something, post it up there, and somebody's somebody might say, like, like Mark did one time. I posted something up, and you know, he told me you're communicating a threat. I wouldn't send that letter, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you got people who look out for each other, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I appreciate your time too. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna do, do that. Like I say, I've been, I've listened to a few of Carl's. Uh, uh, videos and um, I don't yeah. know how I didn't find them earlier. <laughs> you know, it's like I wish I would have found them earlier because I've been going through a lot of battles over the years with my that I got a thing going on with the house and I just yeah. had a forensic audit done and found out that I got foreclosed on illegally. I'm still in the house though because I challenged the debt in court, so I've got them. You know, they're not going to be able to do anything as long as the debts and in, in, uh, the debts being disputed. But I just got my proof through a forensic audit that they foreclosed on me, so. You know, I've, I've been dealing in their world, and I want to cross over and, and, you know, learn more from you guys, but I kind of feel like I'm caught in the middle because I'm so deep on one end. It's like, you know, I don't even want to try to take the chance to go to the other side and work it that way, and uh, it's confusing. But I, that's why I'm here, so, just, you know, I'll try to learn things and, and hopefully switch over sides, basically. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you know how to get to Carl's website? Yeah, yeah. I've got that on tab, too. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Yeah, that's uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Carl's website is www.broadmind.org. And I don't have Carl's documents on my website. Uh, they are available on Carl's website. And uh, if you go to Carl's website, uh, broadmind.org, you'll see a tab at the top, and it says documents. And when you go there, you can read Carl's case file and see how Carl writes notices and compare that to the letter that you wrote to these two gentlemen uh, you know, that you, you that you read on the air a, a few minutes ago and you'll see okay. that there's a you know a big difference and of course he's writing for the court when you're writing a letter it's going to look differently it's not going to be you know stylized in the same same way but it's it, it is going to be brief and it is going to be to the point in that same way Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll check that out. That's cool. I appreciate the uh appreciate the info and the help. Yeah, no problem. And the uh as far as uh you know as far as support, uh I'll take any support I can get and uh I've got a PayPal button on uh on my website, you know, so if if you uh if you like what you see there uh you wanna encourage me to do more <laughs> you, can hit, you can hit that button. But also, Craig Lynch, okay, 
you know, there's a, there's a, if you look to the top left, you see about uh, Common Law, about uh, Gus Brenton, about Carl, about Craig Lynch. Okay, there, there's, uh, if, you, if you like what you see Craig doing, uh, you know, feel free to send him five bucks. Show, you know, show a little bit of appreciation. He, uh, you know, he's, you know, five or 20 bucks. I mean, I, you know, support the man. He's putting out that stuff and, and he's taking Carl's five hour recordings and breaking them down into subject specific categories. And, and then he's got the big compilations he's done. So, uh, please, uh, please support him and Mike. If you're getting help from Mike, you know, I mean, this, this, yeah, I, I started doing these calls because I wanted to uh, have a better idea of what I was doing, and, and putting myself on the spot is really, you know, when when you start teaching something, you will better understand it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's that's why I did it is, is so that I can learn better, and uh, you know, that I'm at the point now where. Uh, I think I would learn more by listening to Carl's audios, and so I'm, you know, I want to get back to doing that. And this is one night a week that I could, I could do that with. But I'm going to keep doing these. I'm going to try to keep them down to two or three hours, and uh, I, I've been doing that, and uh, so it's working out. Oh, I already had. Well, what would you What would you recommend would be the the, the best way to to jump into this? I mean, like the, maybe the definitions or something. You know what I mean? Um, the best way to jump into it is go to my website and just start reading. You know, the, all the okay. stuff that Carl talks about, I've tried to uh, focus on there. You know, the plaintiff must appear, and you know, just different things that we've studied through the months. Uh, like you know, the plaintiff must appear is. Uh, it's on the website. You know, words. You know, there's. I've been. I've got a friend who gave me a hard time about some of the examples I gave. You know, with you. Uh, but I mean, basically, you know, I'm putting stuff out there that you can. Uh, you know, the words to be careful for, and, and just it, it, there's all sorts of hyperlinks. So if you see something highlighted, just click on it. See where it takes you. And you know it'll take you most likely to some definition, or uh, you know some some website that explains something further. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff on on the website to to move you on to the next stage. You know, I, I tried to keep it really basic. So there's there's not a whole lot of really in depth stuff. And as I was mentioning earlier, uh, you know, for the same reason that Carl I believe does it. Uh, he doesn't put out real specific information because every case is different. And the other reason is, you know, uh, you don't want somebody going out and, and saying, well, I did one, two, three, four, five, like Carl said, and I'm in jail now. You know, because, you know, a lot of people would do that if uh, if the information was too specific. So by, by teaching the concepts and the precepts of the law, you know, and, and his beliefs, uh, which is what I do on this call. You know, I teach my beliefs. I'm not, you know, I don't know squat about legalese, by the way. It's, uh, I don't know anything legal. Makes no, I, you know, no sense to me at all, the stuff that they do. So, uh, you know, anything you hear coming out of me, if you're wondering if it's legal or lawful, I don't understand anything legal, so it's definitely not legal. 
and, and nothing on my website should be legal. If you see something that's legal on there, please let me know, and I'll delete it immediately because uh, I've got nothing to do with that stuff. Yeah, I feel like I've wasted like the last two and a half years of my life trying to learn all this legal bullshit when I should be, you know, learning common law, natural law instead. But that, that's the way I'm going. So. <laughs> well, but you, you can tell the difference. You know, I, I studied the statutes. I studied, uh, you know, uh, constitutional redress. I was teaching constitutional redress. Uh, I, you know, I've got my website um, on that subject called uh, NewHampshireRedress.org. Uh, or dot info. I think it's dot info. Nhredress dot info. And uh, you know that's that's what I was working on before I met Carl. I mean, it's a pretty extensive website with the original Thirteenth Amendment and all the statute stuff. And and uh, it's cool that when you understand all that, you can look at what Carl does and realize how simple it is. You know what the difference is. I mean, it, it's just an amazing uh, con- contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. That's that. I noticed that when I watched uh, when I watched this first video, and was listening to him. You know, yeah. The, the big thing that got me was uh, is that you know the state can't bring a claim against a man. That you know, I, as soon as I started hearing that, I'm like, wait a minute, that's just too simple. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my god. Yep. Hey, Ed just walked in. And, and uh, you calling in? You're going to tell people about New Jersey? I think well, I, gonna... I appreciate the help. I appreciate the help, Gus. I'm not trying to jump off the phone, but I want to give somebody else a chance. I mean, I've been talking in here for a while. All right. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks but for I coming appreciate on. It. I appreciate it. I'm definitely going to definitely gonna donate and check out the site and, and uh, get on Skype, too, because I want to start uh, learning learning from you guys. All right. Well, when uh, when you do get a hold of Mike or myself, or anybody else that you make contact with on Skype, just a heads up. Could you let us know uh, why you're getting in touch with us? Because you know sometimes sure. uh, when you when you when your contact information's out there, strange people get a hold of you. I've I've accepted uh, contact information with people who, you know, next thing I know they want to show me their titties. You know, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I don't even know who these people are. Yeah, you know, they just get a hold of you. So I, you know, if you get a hold of me and I say, "How do you know me?" Uh, I'm not going to lead you on that it's common law that I'm doing or whatever. You know, if you don't know why you got a hold of me, then I will never accept you. So, okay. you know, I'm not playing games, trying to give you a hard time. You know, I will not accept you if you don't tell me how you know me. Because I've had too much too much of that other stuff. Gotcha. It's the price you pay, I guess. Yeah. Hey, uh, All right. Well, cool. I see Ed's on the line. Uh, the, Ed, do you want to tell him about the uh, New Jersey stuff? Yeah, I could do that. Am I coming through? Yeah. I can oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, was traveling in another state, in my home state, and uh, made a little uh, faux pas on the roads and uh, had the local PD chase me down, and uh, uh, and he was asking for uh, your papers. You must have your papers, your, your license, and, you know, the car is registered to my father, and uh, 
So I, I uh, one of those uh, driver's things, those driver's license things, is is uh, in my distant past, but I, I still had the uh, the piece of plastic, and I was trying to gauge how I was uh, getting over with the policeman when I told him that I wasn't traveling commercially, and he he was he he appeared dumbfounded, but anyways. You know, he was a nice guy, and we had a conversation. And uh, I, I really shouldn't have, but I did. I did uh, produce uh, the the uh, the expired piece of plastic, and uh, I also have in uh, the state of New Hampshire. I have my uh, my state ID, the state state issues uh, ID. If, if if you don't uh, if you don't have one of those driver thingies. So, anyways, I was hoping he would uh, he would. Uh, you know, see the wisdom of of uh, not uh, not pursuing the issue, but uh, evidently he's he's uh, not as well read as I thought he might have been. So, anyways, uh, he issued uh, some summonses. One one of them, which uh, requires an appearance uh, four and a half, five and a half hours away from me. And so, um, wondering what to do about that, I called the the uh, the I assume it's the clerk's office. Uh, a very nice young lady on the phone at the at the court uh, answered all my questions, and among them was uh, how to uh, move the the date out because they wanted me to appear next week <laughs> when I was down there the other day. And I said, "Well, that's you know, I, I can't do that, and uh, I need to I need to um, move this to July." She says, "Well, I don't know about July." And then she says, uh, "Well, what we can do is," and she was very accommodating, and she says. Uh, you know, you can. Uh, we'll send you some plea forms. You know, uh, a guilty and a not guilty form, and uh, you fill those out, and um, you know, and send them back to us. And you know, and uh, oh, I guess we could move it out to June 11th. And and we go through a few more things, a few more uh, pieces of information, and she says, uh, "Oh, you know, looking at it now, if you plead not guilty, then it move out to July like you want." <laughs> so. Anyways, uh, I guess the lesson is is uh, asking you shall receive, and uh, you know, um, you know they are most public servants are trying to be helpful, and she was very helpful, and um, uh, like the both police officers, because you know one can't show up, two have to come eventually. So I did have two uh, police officers show up eventually on the scene, you know. So uh, I, uh, but they were both very pleasant, and uh, you know the good cop bad cop thing. I talked to the good cop for quite a while while the the bad cop wrote up all the paper, <laughs> and it was uh, it was um, enlightening because I asked some questions about uh, an incident that the uh, that the good cop had attended earlier in the day when I was also it happened on the same street where I happened to be pulled over. And uh, he told me we talked about that, and you know, it was a, it was a, it wasn't uh, the unpleasant experience I thought it was going to be. So, and uh, the the uh, the uh, public servants were were generally helpful, other than one of them not uh, understanding uh, the law. He he knows it, but he doesn't understand it. <laughs> so, I uh, it remains to be seen what happens. What, uh, what do you plan on doing next? Well, I'm going to get the paperwork from from the court, see what it says, and 
decide uh, how to approach because there's a number of ways to do that. Um, and I've looked at all of the, you know, 50 or 100 uh, case sites about uh, traveling as a right and they can't convert a, a privilege, a right to a privilege. But on the other hand, that seems like too complicated. I want to do it as the way Carl would recommend, as simple as possible. Uh, you know, are you going to write a notice? Yeah. Well, we'll 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 uh, ask uh, uh, the appropriate questions, like um, you know, uh, let's see, did you did you believe that I was I was traveling uh, under license at that at the the point? You know, I have that. I already. Oh, the woman on the phone gave me the name of the prosecutor, so I have his name, and I can give you the name of the man. Yeah, the name of the man who acts as prosecutor, and and um, so uh, I'm preparing to uh, to converse with him and uh, see what uh, see see what's what's going to happen because I uh, I might like to uh, operate commercially in the future, and you know all the uh, previous uh, marks on your record aren't good for that, so who knows. But anyways, like a, like a uh, the main the main thing from from today's phone conversation was is they they're they're there to help you if you uh, if you ask if you don't ask for it they can't help you. So, do you have any problem uh, getting that information and getting uh, the date moved back? Well, they they told me right up front that uh, you know they wouldn't require me to appear next week. But, oh, well, we can't put it off till July. But then, you know, in the course of going over the options, she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, if you, if you do this, this, and this, and the prosecutor agrees, yeah, July would be good. So Now, what, one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes, and I've seen this uh, with uh, over and over again. You know, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've been with people gone to court to see, uh, you know, they're claiming they're having a hard time, and we walk in, and uh, the people they're dealing with all of a sudden are really nice, and, you know, they, I, I hear this all the time, is, uh, I, I don't know why they're being nice to me, they were so nasty last time I was here, and I have no idea what that's about, okay, I I've never, ever, ever had anybody be nasty to me in court, ever. I mean, they've they've been nothing but sweet as pie, period. You know, which uh, I don't know. It's just amazing. So, uh, yeah, I do believe it happens, and uh, I, I'm not sure why it happens, but I believe that sometimes uh, somebody's just having a bad day. So, if you call, you know, as a preliminary thing, if you just call to because uh, sometimes you only got, like Ed's got 10 days to, you know, show up in court six hours away. So, you know, sometimes it's just best to just make that phone call. And uh, if you've got somebody who's being nasty to you or you feel they're not answering you right, maybe your attitude's not right or maybe they're having a bad day. But, you know, feel free to hang up, and, you know, just say thank you and, uh, you know, call back two hours later. You might get a different court clerk and, uh you know, your mood might be different. Maybe you get something to eat. Maybe you got low blood sugar. I don't know. But uh, I've heard this over and over and over again. So there's 
definitely, and it's not necessarily uh, a different person. You know, I, I, I've heard it said, you know, this woman's been nasty to me for two years, me coming in here, and today she was sweet as pie. I have no idea, you know, she was so nice, I couldn't believe her. And, and I hear that stuff all the time. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe just uh, saying thanks, hanging up and calling back two hours later is, uh, is a safe way to get the information you're looking for. Don't give up the first time. I guess is where I'm trying to go with that. <clears throat> Ed, anything else? Uh, I was just going to say that um, when you know pretty much what questions you have and you have them fairly well thought out and, uh, and uh, can present them to the person on the phone, and uh, and they understand them, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it uh, goes smoother. Uh, so you know, went pretty smooth. She, uh, I, I, I asked the right questions, evidently, and she had she had great answers for me. So you know, you have to be prepared. That's all. Cool deal. All right, floor's open. Anybody got any questions? That is crazy time. Yes, they are people too. This is Quilla. Hey, Quilla. I still was trying to find out how I get the million dollars, and nobody has told me yet. I I can't hear you. Oh, I was saying, I was still trying to find out how I can receive the million dollars, but nobody has told me yet. No person uh, has told me. you got to keep asking. <laughs> well, I think I need to seek man or woman and stop asking person. Well, yeah, that, and you got to make sure you're talking to somebody who has the authority to uh, grant you the wish. That as well. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't be asking somebody with no authority, you know. You so you gotta track down the proper man or woman to ask and then ask the question. Yeah. So your your first question is, Hey, do you have authority to grant uh grant me a million dollars? And if they say yes, then ask the question. If they say no, then you might as well just move on. Well, most of the time I go to the bank to get my money, the lady or man asks me can I, how can I help you? I asked them for a million dollars. And they said, they just tell me come back another day. <laughs> <laughs> they do actually, seriously, but they know me by now. <laughs> so oh, I come, cool. At least you're asking. Yeah, I tell them, I said, if you give it to me, I'm going to take it and I'm going to run out of here. I'm saying, at least I didn't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, I actually do that every time I go. Every yeah, time. Don't do it at the back on a written note, though. No, I just tell them. You know. Yeah, <laughs> Even though they misconstrued. No, no, no. <laughs> they know they like the manager. She always tell me when she get a new man or woman in, and we play the same. I like it. I said. So they asked me for my card, so I gave them my card, and I said, I need you to check my account. Um, I want to take out a million dollars today. 
And so he took my call, and he was like, um, like, something was wrong. And I'm like, what's the problem? And I said, I'm here to take my million dollars. And he said, well, we need to speak to the manager. I'm like, why? So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. But the manager knew all what was going on. And I had this guy waiting and waiting. And finally he said, then I told him, I said, no, nah, I was just playing with you. I usually do this to all the new men or women that come here. And he said, I just thought you had, we probably put your money in another account. I'm like, really? <laughs> so it's fun. It's great. Sure. By now. Yeah. But I keep them nice. on their toes as well. So. Yeah, that's a nice breaker, huh? <laughs> yeah. So they ask me, can I help you? Sure. Give me a million dollars. You don't have that? Then no, you can't help me. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. I might take myself one time and then I'll play it for you. All right. Uh, that'd be great. Yep. All righty then. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Floor's open. Anybody got a comment, got a question? Star eight to raise your hand, star six to unmute yourself. You all set for tonight? Check the chat. Yeah, nothing much on the chat. Let's just have computer issues. What do you mean, come on, guys? You can come back and say something. Type it on the board. I could talk about donating if that's uh, what you guys want to hear about again. Go to broadmind.org and click the donate button. If it doesn't work, try it again in an hour. And when you donate, by the way, you can you can put a little note there. You know, like after you hit the donate button, it says, uh, you know, add a private message or add something, you know, some message. I always... When I donate to Carl, I always put a little message like, hey, have a great weekend, or, you know, thanks for everything, or, you know, write a little message, say thank you. On a mechanic's lien, do you do an order? No, it's just uh, you're basically a man saying that somebody owes you money for... um, the, uh, the, the work that was done, and uh, usually a mechanic's lien is, a mechanic is usually in possession of the property, and, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, because uh, somebody working on a house can also do a mechanic's lien, so uh, but basically it's just, a, you're putting a lien on the property that uh, that was worked on, and you're in essence, holding it as collateral for the debt. So you, you don't order anything because uh, when they wish to sell the property, 
or transfer ownership of the property or whatever they want to do with it, they're going to have to clean off that debt. So at that time, uh, they're going to have to seek you out. Just make sure that when you do a mechanics lien, if you built a, a deck on somebody's house, uh, you know, make make sure that the lien has your contact information. Otherwise, it'll uh, you know they can just get a judgment to have it removed if, if there's no way to contact you. And you know, make you know, look up the statutes in in your uh, area to make sure that you're doing it right. I've, I've never done a mechanics lien. I don't really have any idea on uh, the, the proper you know language that needs to be in there. But, you know, that, that's a statutory thing. Uh, I would, you know, if it were me, I would put. Uh, I wouldn't call it a mechanics lien. I would just, you know, notice a lien, and you know, use the same information uh, that they use because you know. Typically, the statutory stuff is a really good guideline. Um, for instance, if you go to the UCC, there's like uh, 1,100 mentions of the word person. or forget what the number was. It was 1,032 or something like that. It was really high. And there's only one mention of the word man in the UCC. And, in the, and the word man appears in a section that that is uh, an example of how to write a lease for an apartment. So it's not actually part of the UCC. It's just the language that you would use to write a lease. So a lot of times if you if you do some research on mechanics liens or whatever it is you're researching, uh, you might, you know, they might give you an example of how to deal with a man, which is really cool. It's, uh, you know, sometimes it's worth looking into. And sometimes you just don't, uh, you know, you don't get what you're looking for and you got to keep looking. In uh, New York, uh, I remember Tracy had found uh, what was it? A, an artisan's lien, and it was like a mechanic's lien, but it was for other things, other types of improvement. For instance, if you painted a mural inside of somebody's home, that was an artisan's lien, if I understood it correctly. So, you know, improvements done to the interior of the home. Uh, you know, that added value. So there's, you know, there might be different things. And if there are, let me know what they are. I'm always curious to learn of these new things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah the, the man reference. Yep. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. I, I've gone through the statutes in New Hampshire and done word searches, for instance, the word man. And the they have no problem using the word man or man-made uh, in the statutes, it's in there, and they use, I look for specific words. I don't understand what the what the phrases mean, what the terms are, uh, but I, I, I look for some, some idea and how they use these terms, how they use these words, and where uh, they write things because the, the statutes are also indicative of the benefit the government is to man. So uh, they also, the statutes will also outline the duty that they have to uh, to secure and protect property. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons to just look through stuff and uh, to get an idea of uh, where else, you know, what, what the concept is. And, uh, you know, if, if you're looking into something, 
you, you typically you've got a, a ticket, you've got something. So you look up the statute, you find out what it says. Then you, you go on Google and you do a search for those words and you start looking for other information, common law information and other ways that you could uh, address the issue besides the typical way of doing things. And that's how you, know, you get a lot of insight. And it gives you the uh, the information you need to be able to start asking questions. El Spignardo is the guy that got felony charges against Bowie. Oh, is his paperwork? Who's that guy? I missed something on the board there. I went by too fast. Vendor lean. Okay, vendor's lean. Yep, that's pretty cool. Never heard of that one. Vendor was the bank behind the mortgage. Interesting. All right. Hey, floor is open. You guys, uh, let me check here. Um, all right. Nobody raised their hand. It's star eight to raise your hand. Star six to mute. Floor is open. We're two hours, 11 minutes into the call. The uh, How do you exactly know about opening a case with no money and not using the informa papyrus? Uh, the courts exist for the benefit of man, and I believe it's on audio number, episode number one, where Carl talks about, uh, you know, they want money to open a case. And he he said, uh, do you take bonds? And they said, yes, we take bonds. And uh, you know, he says, uh, well, my word is my bond. And so take my bond, you know, take my word that if I lose, I'll pay it. And if they lose, they can pay it. So that's uh, that was on episode one or two because I just heard it recently. So those are the only two episodes I've heard in the last week. Can we talk void judgment? Um, we, we can, if, if, if you know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's uh, I hear the guys in England talking about that stuff all the time, constantly void judgment, but they're dealing with English common law. And the the difference, if, if you go to the study guide page on Word Nerds, on, uh, on my website, rather, on the... Uh, redressfordummies.org. If you go to that uh, site or uh, r4d.info, that's the short link. If you go uh, to the study guide page, you'll see a red book there that you can click on. You can just click on the cover of English common law in the early American colonies. And you'll see that English common law uh, only existed here till about the 1640s. After that, the... Uh, the, the lands here were chartered, and the, uh, the the governments of the land here were told that they had authority to create law, statutes, according to the mind of God as revealed in his word. 
and that was in Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire. These are the kinds of things that uh, that established the American common law, which is based on what's right and what's wrong. And uh, there's the English common law and the American common law do have a lot in common in the fact that they were both based on the same thing. The English common law was based on that same idea. However, the English common law uh, became very specific. Uh, if you want to read about the, the the difference on page 54 and 55 of English common law in the early American colonies, it talks about how in America there was no need for a specialized attorney, uh, lawyer, kind of a man or woman, uh, because the judicial system over here uh, allowed for a man you know, to uh, do his own thing. There, there was no, you know, the, the complexity had been removed, and it was more of a town meeting. When there was a court case, everybody in town got together to decide who was right and who was wrong. So, you know, from the sounds of it, everybody had, you know, they just took a vote, and uh, that was it. You know, so, I, and I can see that happening. So the English common law in the early American colonies. That's on the study guide page. And just click on the red book. You know, click on the book itself. It'll take you to Google Books where you can read that. Uh, I've got a, I believe I've got a copy of that PDF from uh, OpenLibrary.org, which is a real f great place to find books. Uh, but I think if you go there you'll get a copy that you can actually uh, copy and paste from. And then the, the next book, I believe, on that study guide page is John Locke's book talking about property, the history of, of property, the difference between a monarch owning everything and a man owning his own stuff. And he goes through a lot of that stuff uh, throughout the first book, and then in the second book is it's two treatises of government. So the first book is the sec is the first tre treatise. The second book is the is the second treatise, but it's all in one volume. And uh, he talks about property in that book. That's that's what the basically the book's all about. It's uh, great stuff. And then uh, the law written by Frederick Bastiat is also in that study guide page. So if you click on those three books, you'll uh, you'll you'll see. Uh, they should pop up. You know, there there should be links. There should be you know, a way to get to that. Doesn't uh, Bill Thornton talk about uh, voiding judgments? I believe he does. Yeah, I I I've heard uh, Cornforth, Richard Cornforth, talk about it. He's he's got uh, some great stuff on it, and I, I've looked into it, and then. Uh, looked into other stuff, and, and uh, you know, like Chelsea was saying today, you know, sometimes I forget what I'm looking at. You know, it just uh, it all it all seeps in. Uh, eventually, uh, gets into your head, but then you lose track of of where you're at today. You know, applying it today, and in that same sense, uh, you know, I've looked at void judgments, but wasn't putting it to use, so it never became a focal point for me. You're welcome, sir. Yeah, the uh, I'm going to type the short link here. 
I believe that's uh, that should take you to my website, r4d.info. Let me make sure I haven't used it in a while. But uh, that's that's a link you can pass on to to people in an email. It's a, a whole lot easier. Yep, that's it. R4D.info. If you're sending an email to somebody and you want to send them the uh, the website, that's all you need to remember. R4D.info. All right, Central Minnesota. Who's that? Are you... Uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I'm here. Uh, I got your PACER file on uh, Chris Ewing. Uh, have you got any comments on uh, what he's doing? No, he went to court. Chris uh, Chris went to court, I believe, Friday. Friday a week ago. Friday like nine days ago, whatever the date was. That's... That, uh, I don't know. I thought he was actually, I thought he was going in May. May 1st? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, last Friday. This past Friday. He went to court. I haven't heard from him. And he was working with, um, uh, Carl went out there last year and talked to him in May. And I talked to Chris about uh, the stuff he got from Carl right on. I mean, you know, just follow through with it. But then I found out he was also. Uh, working with um, Eric John Phelps. Well, not with not with that guy, but with somebody who's working with that guy. So I'm not sure what he's doing, but uh, you know, he he had asked me to help him write some letters, and so he was writing them, and I, you know, check out stuff. You know, the, the letter writing thing's kind of neat because people will write stuff and they say, "Gus, you know, this is what I'm thinking about sending." And I'm saying, yeah, and I'll tell them, look, this, you know, when I read your letter, this is what I get out of that. Is that what you're, you know, is that what you wish to say? And so they'll correct it. We go back and forth. And, uh, people seem to really like that, uh, that way of learning how to write, you know, and eliminate things that they don't want to get into. And I was doing that with Chris, but I, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure what uh, what he's doing. Well, it, it looks like uh, he's got his uh, foot on both sides of the fence. Uh, looks like uh, in the beginning he was, uh, you know, staying mostly statutory, and then all of a sudden looks like he's going more with uh, uh, common law. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what else he put in there. I, I, I haven't pulled up his Pacer, uh, his pacer case uh, in two or three weeks. I, I should probably go back and check to see what else he put in. And... Uh, you know, follow up with him, say hi, make sure he's all set. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. I know he was working with John Fall, and uh, you know, he hooked up John Fall with the guys that he was uh, working with on the. I don't think it's accepted for value. I I don't know what you call the stuff that uh, that that he was learning. Yeah, prom, Ed says promissory notes. Uh, you know, paying off the debt. And, and walking away, and Ed and I went to his sentencing. Uh, Vital was there. Uh, who's Vital there with? Oh, that's right. Uh, Joe. Joe was there. 
but uh, you know, he tried to, you know, John tried to uh, pay the thing off, pay off the debt with a promissory note, of, and, and, and he had put other paperwork in, filed a claim, did, did some other stuff, so uh, it didn't do anything. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's tough to figure out. We've got a lot to learn, you know, we really do. So they're they're not interested in uh, accepting payment. What what do they want then? Is it that they want you to fill out the uh, the paperwork or or what? Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed says he's going to answer that. Yeah, um, the at, at John's sentencing, the prosecutor pretty much uh, apologized for the fact that there's not a financial balance here. They're not going to get three hundred thousand. Or let's put it this way. It costs far more than three hundred thousand to prosecute him. Okay, they want three hundred thousand from him. So the, the prosecutor in the uh, sentencing phase there pretty much apologized for the numbers not making any sense, but uh, said that the the all, whole object of the exercise was to send a message, you know, to uh, deterrence. He wanted to make sure that the, the court knew, the judge, knew that this whole charade, which is what it was, uh, was a was for deterrent purposes. Okay? And um, uh, so, you know, that's where that kind of thing is at. Um, uh, there's no assets to attach because they made a deal with the assets, you know, the government made a deal with the uh, with his ex-wife, so any of the assets that uh, they could use to satisfy this, uh, they allowed their wife to keep. I mean, she did pay some money, but she didn't pay three hundred thousand, I don't think. And uh, his ex-wife, of course. And um, so, you know, the thing is, is you know, I, the first day I was in the court observing all this, I counted a dozen people on the federal payroll. And which has got to be, you know, over a million dollars a year. And they're going after a guy who's got nothing now and isn't going to have anything for quite a while, especially if you put him in jail. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wonder how these guys sleep at night, including the judge, because, you know, uh, he, 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 called, he called the prosecutor by his first name, like, you know, they're golfing buddies. You know, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he also uh, he also uh, uh, you know kept a cool, calm, and pleasant demeanor up to the point where John said, "Did you did you put that? I, I need an order if you're going to have the U.S. Marshal seize me." You know, and he said, "Well, I'm ordering it." He didn't agree that he would write it. So I, I you know it seems to me that you if you feel you have the right to put a man in a cage that you you should put it in writing so but uh you know that's 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 what I took from the whole thing as well as is going back to the charade part I told the story over and over uh at one point during the 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 sham trial which John couldn't really uh defend himself at because of a number of reasons but uh I I talk about how the the it's 
it's theater, and the evidence of it is he, the prosecutor had an uh, IRS witness on the stand. He had some paper in front of him, and he stops, and he walks all the way across the room, almost as far across the room as you can get, diagonally from, from the witness box to, his, to the government's pile of dozens of boxes, grabs a, a stack of papers, walks all the way back to the witness stand, sets them on the railing, turns around, walks all the way back across the courtroom, goes to the stack of boxes, gets another stack of papers, walks all the way back to the, to the witness box and sets them on the railing, turns around again, walks all the way across the room to the, to the government stack of boxes. And by this time, I'm sitting there, and, you know, the, the assistant prosecutor's desk is right in front of the, the, the gallery, and I said, I said to the assistant prosecutor, hey, hey, can you can you give this guy a hand? You know, he looks like, you know, burden. There's a lot of work here. You know, hey, you know, what, what is this, theater? You know, of course they had, you know. And so that's that. this was theater for the jury, walking back and forth with stacks of paper. There were already three stacks of paper in front of the guy. He went and got three more stacks of paper. And, I, and each one of these stacks, they might look might have looked at one 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 paragraph, you know. So it's all theater. It's it's, it's all a trumped up uh, uh, controversy, to you know, and it's made to look like it's more than it is, you know. So that's what you're dealing with with the federal judiciary, which I've heard has been uh, basically uh, this corrupt since the Reagan administration. <laughs> it's well, probably do thirty probably before that too. He's going to do 30 months, huh? Well, that's that's what they that's what they put, you know, that they put, you know, put up front, um, which I thought was reasonable on the judge's part because, you know, he he knows what's going on, you know, and but the thing is, is um, it's yet to be seen all the paper that John's put into this case, if any of it will gain any traction any place, because he's put a lot of paper in, and you know. Even his his uh, so-called public defender uh, has said that he's got some good appealable issues. Whether or not they they go the statutory route or not it remains to be seen as well. Yeah, that's uh, you know one of the things that John and other people who go to court is uh, you're, you're either going in. As men and solely as men, or you're going to convolute the court, you know, and and you know, attach yourself to something they have jurisdiction over. So, you know, is it because the courts are corrupt, which uh, you know some people say, or is it because you don't know how to handle your affairs as a man? And you know, my opinion is uh, that remains to be seen. And, uh, you know, I wish to believe that, uh, you know, it's got a lot more to do with the fact that we don't know how to handle our affairs. And, you know, like I said earlier, I prefer to blame myself and figure out how to fix it than to blame them and admit that there's no hope. So that's where I'm at with it. And, uh, yeah, everybody has their opinion, but that's that's mine. Interesting. Uh, do you have any opinion on being a, a U.S. national as compared to a U.S. citizen? I have no idea what either one of those are. Uh, 
know, officially, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we we did recently learn that uh, U.S. national, uh, as it appears on government forms, has a different meaning probably than most people would feel that if they were to call themselves a U.S. national. Uh, the the meaning on the federal forms, uh, which I recently saw and then researched, uh, is not what we think a U.S. national should be. It, it's a it's a a citizen that the feds have jurisdiction over of uh, the possessions of the United States, which are you know the Marianas Islands, the U.S. Virgins, Puerto Rico. Uh, I can't remember the other couple. Um, those people wow. are federal citizens, period, end of story, okay? And that's what U.S. national appears to mean. So when you say you're a U.S. national, oh, you've got to watch out, you know? Um, I'd say the way to say that would be your, your uh, figure out a word for domiciled on the land of whatever state you're in. As long as you're not on in federal in a federal enclave, you don't live on federal property. Like there's people who do live on on uh, in federal parks in, in national parks. Um, you know they they're private citizens, but they live on land that's under federal jurisdiction. So uh, you know they don't have a right to uh, <laughs> to cut down any trees, to uh, put a deck on the house, to uh, build a garage. Uh, you know, not without permission. You know. So, either, either way, it's, you know, it's all statutory. Right. Whether you're a U.S. citizen or a national, huh? All right. Yeah, By their definition. Well, but, you know, you, you take, uh, if you go to their website, U.S. government's, you know, uh, courts or courts.gov or something like that, yeah, if you go to their website and you look up the, the glossary of terms, uh, you know they they have common law in, in their glossary of terms, you know. So you think you know you're dealing with common law in the federal court. Well, when you, when you look up the glossary of terms for the uh, you know that website, you'll see that common law is the decisions of the federal courts. It, it's not the common law we talk about. So you know you, who who's defining these terms? Uh, my girlfriend was in court last year, you know, approximately uh, seven or eight months ago. She was in for another case, uh, besides, different from the one I was talking about earlier. And she was making a counterclaim because uh, she tried to file a claim, and, it, and the, the uh, man in black told her that they didn't have, they didn't do jury trials, but if she wished that uh, he could accept it as a counterclaim and that she would be able to move it at that time. And so she decided to go with that. And uh, she was explaining, uh, you know, she was presenting her case. And while she was doing that, she was talking about property. And the judge asked her, the, the man asked asked her, uh, he, she said, the man trespassed on, on my property. And uh, he, he said, you mean he you know, rang the doorbell, went up and knocked on the door. She says, no, he trespassed on my property. And so he asked the question in a different way. And she answered the same way. And then he asked the question again in a different way, and she answered the same way. And they never got past it. Um, 
Oh, yes, they did. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, She stopped. And uh, at some point, because it it wasn't going anywhere. It was like a bottleneck about this property thing. And finally she said, you know, my peace of mind, my property. And, uh, you know, they're they're stressing me out. They're trespassing on my peace of mind. Uh, But until she explained her definition of property... Uh, because it was her case, she could do that. And and similarly, if you're in their courts and they define, if you say I require common law, you better put it in a notice and explain what common law means to you. Because if you say you require common law in their court, they're going to say, no problem, you got it. You know, that's what we're all doing here anyway, because their definition of common law is right there in their glossary of terms. Is there any other IRS cases out uh, there that uh, that we know of that's uh, going well for the common law? I have no idea. I uh, there's not that many that I've heard of. Uh, but you know, the basically the common law is real simple. Who's making a claim for my property? That's it. Can you verify that claim? You know, do you have a verifiable bill? Is there a debt that's true due and owing? You know, if you know, just tell me what I owe you. I've got my checkbook. I'm right here. I'm ready to cut a check. You know, if I owe you more than I I can pay today, I'll make payment arrangements with them. You know, as long as you're willing to stay in honor, what's the big deal? That they're looking for a monetary payment, a monetary something. Okay. The 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 there's what's the criminal side of you know, making a, a mistake on your on on your on, on some kind of paperwork. You know, if if I goofed and you say uh, that you disagree with my stuff, great, make a claim for my property, put it in writing, sign it, and I'll write you a check. It doesn't matter if I was doing donuts on your front lawn or if I ran over your statue, you know, or or you know, whatever. I mean, whatever your claim is, you're, you're making a claim saying that I owe you something, put it in writing, sign it, give it to me, and I'll pay it. It, it doesn't matter if it's... Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it makes no difference with the... It makes no difference at all. You, you have the right to be let alone and enjoy your life, liberty, and property. And that's... I mean, that's what government exists for, is to secure rights. So... You know, this is a right that you have, and if anybody approaches you and uh, brings a controversy forward, then they're either doing it uh, for themselves or on behalf of another man, because that's the only purpose of government to begin with. And, you know, they, they can treat you as a person, as a corporation, and then all these statutes and things apply, but, you know... Once you rebut that presumption that you're not a person, you're there solely as man to settle a debt, then there better be a debt. There better be a claim on the, you know, you're there to settle a claim. You know, I'm not here for any other reason. I'm here to settle a claim. Where's the claim? All right. You've been very helpful. I appreciate it. You have a good night. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. You betcha. I know that sounds oversimplified, but it's not. That's that's really how it is. You know, you you either owe somebody something or you don't.
know, the, the plaintiff must appear. I mean, how how often have you heard that? And uh, haven't heard it much lately from Carl. But uh, you know, if you if you listen through the recordings, you'll hear him talk about it over and over and over again. Plaintiff must appear. All right, star six to mute or unmute. Star eight to raise your hand. The floor is open. We're two hours and 38 minutes in. Much easier to see in hindsight what mistakes others make made in a case. Yes, hindsight's wonderful. Like when you walk into a pole, you know, you realize... <laughs> Yeah, you see it clearly now. <laughs> yeah, they're always going after the person. And you know, the, the number one thing they want is for you to admit that you're that person on that paperwork. And uh, you know, they, the, the more you have to lose, the harder it is to stand up for what you believe. Because uh, you know, they're, they're going to test you and if you don't have the experience to stay calm and ask questions, you know, they, they, they tell you, give me your name or or, uh, or what? What are they going to do? You know, what, what law requires me to speak in this court? I've given you all my answers uh, already. Everything that you are asking me is in that paperwork before you. You know, and even that should be written. You know, they're, they're, if you're speaking in their court, then they're assuming that they're, they're presuming that you are capable and competent in legalese. If you're competent in legalese, then um, they have every right in the world to treat you according to the customs of the legal society, and they will. So you got to make sure you don't speak in their court, except as a man, and uh, you know, and only to require the, the matter to be moved to a common law court. You know, if, if you argue the case, if you answer the man in black, you know, the man says, you know, are are you Bob Jones? Well, it's not your name that he's looking for. You know, I believe he's looking for the connection the nexus between you, the man, and you, the person. So when he says, are you, it doesn't matter what comes afterwards. If you answer him, you've just made the connection between you and the person that's being charged, you, the man, and the person being charged. So as soon as you speak to that, you're in. You're, you're, they're golden. You know, they're, There's no turning back. So... Yeah, it's it's critical that everything be on paper. At least that's what I believe. All right, we'll catch you later, Ed. All right, well, I'm gonna uh, I've got some other stuff to do tonight, so. I'm going to get off the call and go do that stuff. Is there somebody, uh, last chance, if, you, uh, if you're on here, what time is it in California, 8.30, 7.30? Yeah, 
you guys have had time. I'm starting again. I'm, I'm starting at nine o'clock next week, so uh, I, I will stay on later. But I, I don't want to be doing calls that are, you know, three four hours long. I really like to keep these down to two two and a half. You guys are all set. All right. Have a good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.